When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Who Cares About the Rock Hall, a podcast about the rock and roll Hall of Fame. I'm your host, Joe Quazala, and I know absolutely too much about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. With me, as always, is my co-host. She is the skeptic. She's the voice of the people. But maybe she's riding high on some of that that rock hall energy, that rock hall love. It's Kristen Studdard. Hi, Kristen. Hi, Joe. I was just realizing, like, this is like our day after Christmas episode, but, like, I'm Jewish. <laughs> right. You yeah, know, exactly. it would be like, it's like, you're like, wasn't that great? Didn't you just love it? And you're going over all the presents. And I'm like, yeah, it was nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I get it, but <laughs> was never intended for me. <laughs> yes. People might be able to tell that we are recording in person. There's none of those little Zoom artifacts you get from recording over a computer. We are live in person. i got to give a shout-out to Golden Ox Studio and Jeremy Demery for helping us out here in Cleveland, doing a Cleveland record the next day from the induction for the 2021 Rock Hall class. And we've got some guests with us, too. Absolutely. We're they ro- both attended the ceremony, ceremony with, with us. us. This was our squad for the weekend. First up, I will introduce... One of my oldest and best friends, a writer and comedian, joining us from New York City. He, I, I mean to say he lives in New York City. He is with us here in studio in Cleveland, but came all the way from New York to join us. This is his second induction, his second induction with us, Bill DePiro. Hi, Bill. Hey, guys. First time, long time. <laughs> Honored to be here. Welcome back. Well, I mean, welcome back to the induction ceremony, meaning like welcome back. First time on the show. Yeah. But yes, mm-hmm. you, you've experienced the rock hall with us and through us before. <laughs> yeah. And I uh, just want to thank you for getting me into this. Oh, of boy. Course, wow. Yeah. The opposite of. <laughs> Look at that. Yeah. Of your, of your <laughs> you situation. See, said, thank you for getting mm-hmm. me into this. Mm-hmm. OK. I think maybe Haley will be on my side. We'll see. <laughs> uh, speaking of which, my lovely girlfriend and a brilliant actress, you might know her as someone from The Bar did last night <laughs> from the Fox TV show Lie to Me. She's also in some movies coming out soon called Agnes and Out of Exile. Haley McFarland. Hey, Haley. Hi. <laughs> Thank you for reluctantly joining us here. I know you were you thought maybe you'd, you wouldn't have much to say. Yeah, we'll, we'll see how much I have to add to this conversation. I mean, you were with us at the ceremony. You you witnessed it. And you also are coming at this with the freshest eyes, you know, as someone who has very little experience watching any ceremonies because you, you've maybe caught some. Yeah, I've, I've seen a couple clips. Uh, that it, you have showed Just me. walking yeah. through the living room. Right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Joe has them running at mm-hmm. all times. Right. So I, I feel like we have a, a nice broad uh, spectrum of perspectives here. So 
I mean, we can jump right into this the... Is, yeah, in, this is our big recap reaction to the live induction ceremony episode special edition. So this was the first induction ceremony that they've held at the Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse, which is huge. And it was full, by all accounts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the ceremony. So we kicked things off with the CEO of the museum. Who absolutely has just great vibes. Yeah, Greg Harris, who they tend to use as the face of this thing, especially in the Jan Wenner days when, you know, he's not the most... Uh, Appealing person. Or be- or beloved. <laughs> um, but, you know, this is a guy who lives in Cleveland and works with the museum, and he he's the one who they do a little video when the inductees or the nominees are announced, and he's the one delivering it to camera. Just like a good salt-of-the-earth Cleveland guy. I thought that was John Sykes, maybe. When we when I sat down, mm-hmm. I was like, wow, this guy really, its he's so genuine. Genuine. I wouldn't have thought he was a slick Hollywood guy. And it's because he's not. No. Uh, but then we did get John Sykes yes. after that. Who was honestly less polished than the Cleveland guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This was all a technically pre-show yeah. stuff. I think before even we hit 8 o'clock, this stuff was happening. This is some inside info. If anything, it felt like a signal to the audience that might still be getting snacks and booze. Go to your seats because we're about to begin very soon. Mm-hmm. And what a way to begin. Start off. Taylor Swift, by herself. Slinking out of the shadows. (laughs) Slowly walking up the stage. Yeah. Doing Will You Love Me Tomorrow. In a full catsuit. Yeah. It was Halloween weekend, so we want to be clear, it was not like ears and tail catsuit. No, it was like a full body suit, kind of black. Black uh, lace? Yeah. Was it lace? I I thought it might have had like a, it had a dimension to it. After a performance, she threw a. She threw a blazer over it to give the speech. (laughs) She 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 said, we're going to go. We're going Transition sensual from, for the. Yeah. <laughs> we, we're not going to be talking about Carol King and her beautiful, illustrious career mm-hmm. uh, in just a cat suit. Right. Yeah. So she gave a, a sultry, slowdown performance of Will You Love You Tomorrow? A little dirgy. It was like a fine. I thought it was like a cool idea. It you was know? not an energetic opening to the yeah, show that you kind of want. Exactly. Um, but I think the presence of Taylor alone was exciting. Huge. When we got out of our car, my sister and I. When we parked, there was a group of young people walking through the parking garage, also going to the thing, and they just were talking to each other, and then they yelled, we're coming for you, Taylor! <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah. It's a little scary. So, yeah, it really, I think that she was a big draw and mm-hmm. a big get well, for There was her. a huge pop at the start when they were listing mm-hmm. the names. So, yeah. like, in the, whatever, like, the prologue the screen, of the... yeah. Yeah, they, they ran through all the names of the people who would be performing or speaking in the packages later. You know, I think a lot of names got stepped on or over... They went through them really fast because yeah. they not only did the names of the people there, but they did the names of the people who were going to be in the packages. Which one of the introductory guys kept saying Clarence Avant? Oh, that was Greg Harris. Was... Yeah, the museum CEO. Come on, y'all. Yeah. Just of your, watch know the, how to pronounce your inductees. You, and if you've watched the movie, if you've heard... They say Clarence Avant constantly. Like a million like it's not, times. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that you bring bring up a good point, Bill, which is that there is a moment where they are like, it's the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction ceremony. Before things really get started, before Taylor even comes out, and they list the names, and it's not just the names of the people they announced. There's like names in there that you're like, oh, Brandy Carlisle is going to be here. Gary Clark Jr. is going to be here. Dave Chappelle is 
is going to be here. He was listed in the yes. opening. Yeah. I yeah, didn't it see it. Yeah, so I if I had was seen a, there that, was God, <laughs> if I had seen that, I would have been less horrified. I mean, I wouldn't have been less horrified, but I think I would have been more prepared for mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't realize you. I I had heard the night before. There were some rumors swirling that that might be the possible inductor for Jay Z. We'll and get when into he w- that. But they didn't say that they're just going to be in the packages. They started listing names like they were there, and so they were like. Cher, Lizzo, Elton John, and I screamed because I was like, they're all here? How yeah. is that possible? But then quickly we realized uh, this has to be people who are in the packages. Yes. One of many moments where I screamed out loud. <laughs> <laughs> Did they have Obama listed in the credits? I don't no, think that so. Was a, that was a, a full-on surprise. That was a, yeah. That was a big surprise. Was um, J-Lo listed in the credits? No. I don't think so. Yeah, I mean, like, there were some really big, cool surprises. So spoilers. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, some huge surprises. They they definitely came through when it comes to surprises. And I will say, yeah, my overall impression just before we kind of get into the nitty gritty like of the night is that it was a big success. Like I didn't feel as tired or drained as I did mm-hmm. after the 2019 ceremony. Like when that one was over, I was like, get me out of here. <laughs> yeah. And, and we were working with seven inductee class then and a 13 inductee class this year. So they had had a, a major task. And I think this year was technically shorter than, yeah, than that it year. It felt shorter. By maybe like 30 minutes, but still. So we get... So Taylor slinks out of the shadows. Yeah. She does, well, and it's very long, and she's mm-hmm. asking if she'll love us tomorrow. And I like that she knew where the camera was. She'd kind of like... <laughs> throw them oh, back and yes. give, give us a wink. Yeah. And you could definitely hear pockets of the audience that were there for Taylor. Absolutely. Because when she would sometimes like play to a, a part of the crowd, mm-hmm. they would shriek. It felt like downstage right was voice. for her. Yeah. yeah. Like she really, she's like such a polished performer. It's like they knew that they could count on her to like open the show confidently, walk out yeah. alone, command mm-hmm. the stage alone, just her, a microphone and a jumpsuit and winks to the camera mm-hmm. and just absolutely like do a great job just kind of owning the stage and the moment. Total pro. Absolutely. Total pro. pro. And then she put on her speech blazer. Mm-hmm. Girl boss. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then gave a speech for for Carol King. I mean, she she it's like a super crowd pleasing thing of like I was raised with mm-hmm. have three she, things she did that the are Harry true. Harry Styles type speech of like the this is what this artist meant in my personal growing life. up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you're uh, referring to when Harry Styles inducted Stevie Nicks. That's kind of what he his approach to the speech. Yes. Sorry, and she and things. she was like, there are you know there are three things I grew up being taught: be nice to others, you can achieve whatever you want and that Carol King is the greatest songwriter of all time and then everybody you know big pop perfectly constructed to get a, the biggest pop of, of all and she talked she had a funny uh, personal anecdote An about anecdote. her her parents her father being like yeah I love this song it's too late it it's was like not it was song. it was a girl that he was dating before he met her mm-hmm. mom oh okay. that's what it because yeah it tanked it, it. <laughs> so basically her setting anec- up yeah for, her anecdote yeah, was that her dad had had a crush on uh, was dating a, a girl and in college and she had said you know are there any songs that make you think of me and she's and he just said off the top of his head a song his, he liked. his favorite song at the time which was it's too late <laughs> and then she goes through why that was a bad yeah, move. lyrically it tanked the relationship and then she's like and you know bad move on his part but I guess if he hadn't done that I wouldn't be here today I felt like her speech was very professional it was really good it was almost 
too polished. Like it wasn't mm-hmm. bad, but it was very measured. I felt like she was really taking appropriate pauses, you know, which is great and yeah. a good thing to mm-hmm. do. But yeah. at the same time, it was like after that kind of like slowed down version of the song. And then we got this speech where it's like, and here and hold for applause. It was great not to denigrate the delivery. We'll go on to have some like really passionate speeches. And this one was like a very nice, good. It felt like the Harry Styles speech to me, yeah. but maybe a little even more Safe personal. And yeah. Thinking back on the Carol King section as a whole, I think it had the most conclusive arc. It started with a, a snippet of like her song. And then we got the package, the, right? Yeah. And then we got the package and then like the tribute performances. And then we get Carol at the end performing a song. Right. And it yeah. felt like a full completed arc. I remember feeling at the end like, well, if that's it, that's kind of like, what a great show. <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, yeah, we, yeah, yeah, yeah. The package, as we suspected from talking to Allison Elwood, who did the Go-Go's package, that they were going to be longer this time around. And I think that was confirmed with, with pretty much all of them. I think the Carol King package was eight minutes. I think they were all about eight I minutes. I mean, and they spent, you know, three of those minutes probably on her Jerry Goffin times. And, like, I just was expecting it to be a more zippy. So she used to, she was a songwriter, and then, booyah, James Taylor, she struck out on her own. She did it. We took our time to get yeah. to that. And they were they like, really laid the backstory. It was the 1960s. She was <laughs> married to Jerry Goffin. The Brill Building. If you hadn't seen Beautiful the Musical, it caught you up, you know? <laughs> the longer packages obviously is a product of the success of last year's virtual ceremony, mm-hmm. which was mostly documentary-based. But I think when you go a little bit longer in these packages, you lose a little bit of the punch. Because if you really mm-hmm. condense everything into like three minutes, you have no moment to rest. It's just like you're getting so hyped and then by the time it's over, it's over before you think it's going to be over and you're just like, you're screaming. You're like, give me Carol! <laughs> right. But if you take eight minutes, it comes in waves and there's like moments where it like breathes, which I think they are thinking about and the whole ceremony is kind of like this. They're thinking about the broadcast mm-hmm. and like what people will like when they're on HBO Max yes. just kind of like surfing around. They want eight minutes. When you're watching at home, mm-hmm. I think you want eight minutes of her story. You want produced content in that yeah. way. But yeah, I agree with the live show. You want it to kind of like shoot you out of a cannon a little bit more. Yeah. Overall, I think I think the show, while good, one of the things that it was lacking was momentum. And I think it was because we had to keep pausing to watch television. (laughs) There was a lot of that. I think a thing that goes with the idea of the arc that Bill was talking about is in the package they talk a lot about how hard it was for her to like take center stage and to be, you know, she's like, I'm a songwriter. They said a thing in the package that I thought was so true which is that Carol King has the voice that most women think they have. Mm -hmm. Like, it's like she doesn't have this voice where you're like, wow, I could never. She has like a very nice, good voice where you're like, I could, right? Carol, every woman, you know, like she yeah, has that kind uh-huh. of feeling. I thought she's that not was larger than life. Exactly. She, and the thing that we had talked about, we were afraid that would happen, did happen in that there were only three of her songs performed and two of them were performed by other people. Not even with Carol. Not even with Carol. And she spent her whole speech being like, let's hear it for everyone I've ever worked with. And I just want to give it else. up for everyone else. And I just want to say thank you to everyone who is 
is out there just carrying on the legacy and and she just seems like the nicest person alive. Mm-hmm. Literally, I think I turned to Haley at one point and said, I just want good things for her. You know, <laughs> like she is so incredibly giving. Like you mm-hmm. can feel that energy from her. She demanded a standing ovation for Aretha Franklin. Finally. <laughs> so we talked about the package, but I think it's worth mentioning that like not only are these longer packages, but one of the things they're incorporating from last year is a lot of new footage of interviews with mm-hmm. people. And there were a lot of ones in the Carol King. I might be missing some, but like Sarah Bareilles, Elton John, Alicia Keys, Olivia Rodrigo, Lou Adler, and somebody got a lot of a lot of screen time, Tom Hanks. Oh yeah. Remember Tom, Tom Hanks? Hanks. That's true. Oh yeah. my god, Tom Hanks being like Carol King taught me how to be a feminist. Like <laughs> yeah. like he's like if you ever wondered what women were thinking, just listen to a Carol King song. Like, it's a very weird way in. But like yeah, I mean <laughs> speaking for a, a portion of her audience, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was very cool and she there were just a lot of people and then yeah I got so scared because Carol referenced the song she wrote with Jennifer I Hudson I was so afraid I for agree. the respect oh movie and it yeah. was like uh-huh. part of Carol's speech she's like and I am so grateful for people like Jennifer Hudson who was in this movie called Respect this year and she and I actually wrote a song a together. new song together for and the film the way she's saying it is yep. like it's and like, we're and gonna here play it, it tonight oh, which would be such a bummer because no one wants to hear this like new song. <laughs> so luckily we did not do that. And then, you know, obviously, as predicted, Jennifer was playing Aretha in a sense as she did uh, You Make Me Feel Like a Natural Woman. Great performance. Absolutely yeah. blew the... I mean, because she, she started sitting at the piano and she's not like a super piano player. And she it seemed like a little stilted mm-hmm. at that point. But then she stood up and just took the microphone and then absolutely blew my face off. We'll get to this as other tribute performances go on, but to me, it was truly an incredible tribute performance. It was Jennifer doing herself, but also paying tribute to Aretha Mm -hmm. and to Carol, and she just is, I've never heard her sing live, and it was so effortless and full. I was truly like, okay, I get it. I think like it felt in a way like somewhat of a makeup call from 2019 Good God. where they didn't have the Aretha tribute. I know that mm-hmm. that was something when we went to them, you know, the one other. Yeah, when, in 2019 we were expecting a, a tribute performance for the first woman who was ever inducted because she had passed away in the previous year. That was like, of course it's going to happen. Something maybe, I will never forgive maybe or they'll, forget. Mm-hmm. they'll open the ceremony with it. We were just like, of course that's going to happen because they do tributes to people who aren't even inducted. And yep. the fact that they did not do Aretha, one of the biggest ones, it does, I mean, we got an Aretha tribute finally. And thank you for reminding me that she did call out like the first woman inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah, Get on did. your feet for Aretha Franklin like we need that was to in the, celebrate her. It was yeah. in the context of she sheepishly was like, you know, a lot of people say that the women singer-songwriters of today are standing on my shoulders, but like we're all standing on the shoulders of, of the great Aretha Franklin. May she rest in power, I think. Yes, she did. I, I was so into it. I still will never, ever get over the fact that they didn't do an, 
official tribute to her. It, mm-hmm. Yeah. Now I'm getting mad again. But, but, but like a little less. But, but a, a little, little less. It now. did. Yeah. It did put some salve. I was worried that she was not. Carol King was not going to perform. Yes, yeah. me too. And I think she even referenced something where she was like, "I don't really perform anymore." I'm a. Her- she definitely said, "I'm a hermit," because mm-hmm. she lives in I think South Dakota or something. She lives somewhere in that part of the country I love her. and I just, just love like her. I think is devoted to being a conservationist. Oh my god! Um, and so she's not. She doesn't come out that often and it seemed to imply especially the way she was like presenting Jennifer Hudson was like this is going to be the performance but it was really nice and we saw her old band Leland Sklar Danny Korchmar and Russ Kunkel take the stage she kept calling them the the cats cats. okay (laughs) Taylor Swift mentioned her cats before and so I couldn't tell like when she kept saying the cats I thought she was referencing I thought it was a reference to that Taylor Swift was referencing the Tapestry album cover where there's a cat on the front and Mm -hmm. she said like it gave cats everywhere something to aspire to, to mm-hmm. be on an iconic album cover or whatever. And I thought she was just talking about that cat suit. <laughs> we all <laughs> we have a different <laughs> But then, yeah, she did You've Got a Friend, and it, I it was... I wanted her to do Beautiful so bad because they've been playing that wonderful clip of her singing it. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know what it... It's from, like, the Central Park concert, concert or something. Yeah. And they've been playing it everywhere in the... When we were at the museum the day before, they were playing it everywhere. Like, yeah. every time there was a Carol clip, they were playing the clip of that song and I just like I still I feel incomplete that she didn't play that song I think You've Got a Friend might have been the choice because I don't think Carol sings anymore and You've Got a Friend is like a just slow enough like kind of maybe the easiest song to sing in her repertoire of the great ones it would have been a great time for James Taylor to come out and just sit next to him I know I was expecting a surprise James Taylor I'm like You've Got a Friend really implies that we're going to see some friends some Carol and friends coming out and doing a little thing especially since that was James Taylor had a hit with that song before her I have to reference before we move on to the next inductee there were lights <laughs> shining from oh the God. stage, several spotlights that were beaming, bright, bright lights from the stage. And it looked really cool looking at the stage, but we f- were able to follow where these lights were going. Oh and they were right on two sections of the audience. And it was clearly blinding them <laughs> to the point where you looked over and every single one of them were putting their either their hands or their jackets in front of their faces because they could not bear it anymore. Yeah. And during Taylor's speech, they revolted in a way you don't <laughs> yeah. see Is that, that often. They started, like, they started chanting? Yeah, they started like they unionized. Yeah, it was an amount of teamwork. It was very impressive. It was a lot of like, hey bucko, turn <laughs> these lights down or else. Well, it was interesting too. I think the reason you also don't see stuff like that, especially when things go wrong in a big group setting like this, is because it was quiet enough. It was just one mm-hmm. person speaking, and they were like, it's now or never. If we're going to get these lights <laughs> turned off of our faces, we have to go. We must. And there was a chant of like, turn off the lights, yes. turn off the lights. To their credit, eventually, took a it few took minutes. It took about 15 minutes of the, because mm-hmm. they came back to them again, because mm-hmm. there were many different lighting setups, but there was one right. in particular that was shining directly in their eyes. Anytime so. someone was on stage yes uh, because because ev- ev- everything <laughs> oh, would be no. and there was a lot of video so like the lights would be killed and then they'd be fine and mm-hmm. they would come back up but eventually and it's so funny to think about how easy of a fix it was they just had to tilt the lights 
five degrees yeah. yep. up, and then everything was fine. And the fact that like they did not think of that ahead of time. These lights were, I can't stress enough, shining directly into these people. <laughs> like interrogation <laughs> style, like yeah. upsetting. I don't know what it says about me, but I was kind of like, you guys, you're ruining the recording. <laughs> I know. Well, I was like, this is Taylor's big moment. <laughs> well, yeah, because a lot of the screaming big screaming during. was during Taylor's speech, and yeah. she did not let it affect her. Someone did yell to Carol King, I love you, and she was like, I love you back. And I was like, so one voice can cut through. I wonder if they're going to think like, oh, I got to say something too. Yeah. Help me. <laughs> I'm, I'm in pain. Uh, but it was it was really something to see. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad they figured it out. And we were also talking about like, what was the path how long it took to get there. Like whoever's from the, controlling from like the usher oh, yeah, to I the, like whoever's controlling that one light. The game of telephone that it took from the ushers to be like, we've got a revolt in <laughs> section two two seven, let's go. Because people hope, were starting to get up. I, I just concerned. hope it makes the package for the, <laughs> like, the, the official show. Makes the broadcast. Okay, so I think that I think that's just about everything with the Carol King section. Yeah. Then we go to our first like fully remote induction. We get Ringo. Peace and love. Peace and love. (laughs) He says peace and love a a thousand times. He really does. And you know what? That's on me for not understanding just how much he says that. You you guys, if you listen to the live show next week, I I do a Ringo impression and Kristen (laughs) thought it was off. I did. And now she has to I still don't think it was like on, but I didn't (laughs) understand the degree that Ringo truly just says peace and love. And so we get a kind of shaggy haired Ringo remotely, like from his home, inducting Billy Preston. And then we get a package for Billy Preston, which is great has a lot of those moments that we talked about with Lauren Anki on our episode about Billy Preston. You know, him with Nat King Cole on a piano on TV when he's like nine. Mm-hmm. And then like him singing that he's Agent 00 Soul as he's doing like the craziest dance moves on this like show in the in the In the green, 60s or in 70s. The green suit. In the bright, yeah, bright green suit. But then the package is over and we do not get a performance. We do not get anything. And then that's kind of establishing like, okay, a lot of these inductions are going to be this way. They're not even going to have someone come out live to induct them. No family members are going to accept, and it's just going to be a package, and we are going to move on to the next one. Yeah, we got mm-hmm. 13 things to get through. I'm not that mad about it. I would have loved to—we'll talk about that later. I would have loved for him to be more incorporated throughout the show, but it was cool. It was nice. Something cool could have been done there, but I get it. They had a strict schedule that they were trying to maintain so that they could get through all these inductees. Exactly. And then yeah. then they peaked early. N- next up, we get Dr. Dre to give a speech Unreal. for LL Cool J. And Dr. Dre gives a great speech. He is mm-hmm. so personable. Now, here's the thing. Like, Dre is a complicated figure as far as just he is. He has some problematic stuff going on. But he's been in the public sphere for so long. And he is one of those kind of rappers much like LL Cool J, that we've all grown up on and who our parents are aware of and more of like a public figure than a, um, you He's know, like a like statesman. It's a, in, in a way. Well, yeah. and because there used to be this thing, it was like gangsta rap. Oh, so scary. Mm-hmm. You know, you can tell that now he is incredibly comfortable on camera, being in a room full of rich white people. And he still, he gave such a really off the cuff speech. Mm-hmm. He And he was speaking directly 
specifically to LL for so much of it. It was really yeah. charming. He was just telling stories to LL and just we were listening in and he could really deliver a punchline. He took yeah. his time to take in his own jokes. He like wiped dirt off his own shoulder. And after just, he, like, after yeah. he uh, told a story where he did not really need to mention that he was at sea. He was like on <laughs> the his Mediterranean <laughs> boat in the Mediterranean. And he's like, I'm not bragging. He has some really probably some of the funniest lines from the ceremony. Mm-hmm. He's like, going back to Cali, I don't think so. Hey, Al, where you live? And then you just see <laughs> LL with his big grin in the audience, and, he go, and you see a mouth, California. He's like, and, California, that's right. And, and huge he's <laughs> loving it, too. LL is loving it. It's like driving force from what is so incredible about the LL Cool J induction portion mm-hmm. is that he is so happy to be there. Mm -hmm. He is so ecstatic that this is happening. And he fucking brought it. He brings the guests. He brings the energy. He does it the most in every single freaking way. It kicks it off with this great speech, one of the best speeches all night, even though, you know, Dre is leaning over to the mic. He's like hunching over the mic in a way where he definitely does not need to do that. Yeah. Uh, But that's like the one note I have Mm -hmm. is like, oh, I guess you didn't have to lean over the mic. But he's just having a good time and connecting with his friend. I think with the Carol King, Taylor Swift speech and the Dr. Dre is you want to see the performer feeling the impact of what the moment is. Mm-hmm. And I think that those were both this and the last one I went to, the parts that really stand out where like it really gets you. You can feel yeah. just like the weight of someone's full career and them drinking it in. I don't know that I see a lot of other things that can do that in such mm-hmm. like a quick encapsulated way. Truly. Because Kennedy Center is a whole night and it feels like a little bit more dispersed but mm-hmm. this is just 15 minutes of just someone feeling the full weight of their legacy. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, and that's like one of the big appeals of, of this whole show is that you get to see people react to their whole life. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. While Dr. Dre is giving the speech, Haley pointed out... At the very beginning, before they got an, uh, the notice, everyone around, they, like, cut back to LL Cool Yeah, because they were cutting to the, the audience where his LL was sitting, yeah. And every person around him has their phones out recording Dr. Dre on yeah. stage. Yeah, it's a tight shot and there's maybe like six There's phones. like It He's looks like a bit. He's it like looks like an Oscars <laughs> bit yeah. where like a bunch of people have like mm-hmm. phones out recording a thing. And they must have like the camera operator, whoever, must have immediately told all of them like, get up, put your because <laughs> yeah. like they're immediately all gone. Yeah, like the, the next shot, shot. Yeah. And I'm sure they will not. They'll include a different shot. Yeah. They will not mm-hmm. show us yeah. that. That's some insider info. <laughs> and also while Dre is giving his speech, you noticed on the floor oh, yeah. where the tables are, are seated. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> all at the back, like waiting kind of in the wings. There were a bunch of kid, like young people in uh, white hoodies. who with, the, with the hoods up. Yeah. With their hoods up, just like waiting looking, yeah, to do uh, something. You could, them, you could see them like warming up. Yeah. <laughs> so we were, we were like, we knew something was yeah. coming. I was like, are the Jabberwockies here? <laughs> <laughs> I wish. Yeah, it was fun to watch kind of the B-boys just kind of like stretching and like getting ready. The package was great for LL. Uh, It was 20% abs. I'm not mad about it. It was like truly erotic. Erotic. The amount of time that that man has spent shirtless and just sweating, I'm fine with it. And I really, (laughs) I did enjoy it. And it reminded you of just 
damn, he has really been around. And like he yeah. has had so many phases of his career. I mean, we talk about this on the show all the time, but like he was the first solo rapper to like and make that it. footage of him like as a young kid in the audience of, <gasps> of the Run DMC, the Run DMC show. show. So, so cool. Like oh my just God. this the bucket hat. He's mm-hmm. wearing his Kangol bucket hat and he is just fixated. Singing a lot, like every Studying, word. Mm-hmm. and like you get a little bit of Daryl McDaniels now talking about that. Like, watch this performance and take a look. Front row, there he is, just studying every move. And it's it's really cool that they have that footage. Yes, Daryl McDaniels giving some great sound bites throughout the evening. Oh, yeah. Also, yeah. in yeah, a yeah. lot, he in, comes back. He comes back, mm-hmm. and in a surprising way, that is so fun. In the package, we get, like, Questlove and and Missy Elliott. There's a very funny thing from an LL concert where he's talking about I can't live without my radio and they have like a uh, <laughs> comically large boombox on stage. They pull back the curtain. Yeah, they pull yes. back the curtain and there is just a giant boombox. A, a giant foot. sparkly, it was, yeah. Dr. Dre also points out in his speech about the coining of the term the goat. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cool. Very cool. Oh, also, Dr. Dre does talk about trauma <laughs> and turning trauma into music, but it was very much like a clap it up for trauma moment. Yeah, <laughs> Like where he's clumsily, like, like structured like, in a way. Yeah, where, like you could hear what he was trying to say, but he was like, "And let's hear it because you know trauma, man." And people were like, <laughs> "Okay." But the part where he said in an old interview with LL, he, they were like, "And so why did you write that song? I need love. Like it's kind of soft." And he's like, "Only suckers are scared of love." Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I was that like, ruled. "That is so. I love that as a concept." So the LL performance. I, before we get to it, all I want to tease is that I think it's one of the best performances that's ever happened. So that's my little tease. Let's take a quick break, and then when we come back, let's talk about the truly face-melting LL Cool J performance. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the show, everybody. We hope you had a nice little break. We hope over your break you asked some questions about time. <laughs> Uh, All right, so let's talk about this LL Cool J performance. Wow. So we've got the B-Boys waiting in the wings. We don't know what's going to happen. He kicks it off with like a little bit of the song Go Cut Creator Go, and it is just like from second one a full-on blast. Like suddenly it is – the stage is like exploding. LL is wearing a shiny bejeweled tracksuit. He's got sunglasses on. He's got a beanie. He has a beautiful sparkling shining boombox. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, which S- is... Sitting on... Just sitting... Oh, no, one of his backup yeah, guys... Yeah, carries it around. ...is mm-hmm. carrying it around. He himself is bejeweled. I believe yes. he, has, he has a number of rings. He has a golden microphone, and he's, like, going hard. It is... Yeah. Immediately. Un- it immediately, and it, it's like a punch in the face. It's so good. And it just... The crowd is like, what? hmm Yeah. <laughs> because he is performing his ass off. I mean, this is a guy yeah. who does not perform as a rapper very often anymore, and he, he was ready. He he got prepared. He said, oh, we're going to do this. Like, I'm going to really bring it from the jump. And there's an element of medley to his performance because mm-hmm. he goes from go creator go, I think, to I'm bad. Mm-hmm. And he has people on stage with him. He has like his DJs, but it's just him. And then out walks Eminem. I mean, yeah. I, I, I. And the I crowd was, loses their shit, as do I. I was blown. I. 
wow. <laughs> yeah. And you yeah. kind of can't immediately tell it's Eminem. I was like, is that Adam Levine? Because <laughs> no. he has a beard yeah. and he has like a, a, a Fidel Castro hat, like one of, one of those. And so it's not fully, but like as soon as you hear him, you're like, oh shit. And they're, do, and they're doing Rock the Bells. This is the second performance of the night. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And things have just gone wild. The energy is very, very good. There's just no missteps. It feels very top of my game type mm-hmm. of yeah. performance. Leave no doubt. Out. Exactly. I deserve to be in here. The goat. Yeah. And then J Lo comes out. And then J Lo comes out onto. Th- I was like, what's funny is like what? we we've done like a number of LL Cool J episodes. It's come up a lot that he there are two songs they have together. There's one on his album, one on her album, and they were both big hits. We never once considered that J Lo would, would be go here. to Cleveland. Yeah, just for I anything. Am, I am absolutely convinced that she did her performance and she walked out the back of the theater and <laughs> got back on that plane. <laughs> yeah, I don't think she spent any time. She was probably home by the time the Go-Go's were playing. <laughs> yes, I loved it. And also, the thing about their performance, because they did All I Have, which mm-hmm. is, wow, forgotten bop. That's actually the song that I've been listening to since the ceremony. It's the one that I was like, oh, my God, I forgot that that song is good. They've both also become such ubiquitous entertainers that they know how to work a crowd and they mm-hmm. know how to perform with each other. Like, they were having fun. They were, like, flirting. Yeah, yeah. Doing, they are putting on a show. They are putting on a show. It was, like, cute. The like flirting was so funny. I, the kind of, like, him yes. looking her up and down. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like twirling her hair. Details, yeah. yeah. They're acting like they're 18. Exactly. I mean, the it's song so is very hood love gone wrong kind of mm-hmm. thing. It's like so cute. I, it's like cute to see them. They're like, yeah, we're friends. Like, this is mm-hmm. us having fun doing a little throwback performance. And she, the blue nails. I mean, she just, because you know how badly I wanted Beyonce to be there. For JLo to come out and really just have fun and give it up for LL, it felt to me like he really just called in all the favors. He was like, look, I'm getting inducted. It means a lot to me. It would be great if you could be there. Like, mm-hmm. and, and J-Lo was up. like, yeah. exactly. It's like, it's he, testament to it, it shows think. that he really has friends, yeah. you know? Right. Yeah. He's very beloved. And then the B-Boys start coming up the aisles. <laughs> Don't call it a comeback. He oh, does Mama to Knock God. You Out, which was a, you know, a given that he was going to perform. But like. He absolutely destroyed. I will say underwhelming dancing by the B-Boys. I yeah. thought. That do they ever the, really get on stage? They, They're they, just yeah, to they the side. They very they flank much the off sides. to the side. They flank below the stage and then they flank on the stage. They're mostly doing kind of prep moves. A lot of prepping to almost do something. Yeah, no, nobody spins. No, 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 nobody, nobody gets on the floor. Nobody does any hands. There was no cardboard laid rock. down. Yeah. A lot of top rock. I was, <laughs> was I was back and forth. One, two, three. Yeah. Punch, yeah. Right, I'm middle. gonna one, two, you, you knock you out and then the yeah. left jab. I'm I gonna just, knock you I'm out. like maybe Cleveland didn't have a crew ready to go. because Maybe Cleveland had an ordinance against uh, B-boys and <laughs> uh, breaking on stage. You oh, know, it's, someone should make a movie about that. It climaxed really well. I kept turning to Joe with my jaw literally unhinged, mm-hmm. being like, what is going on? He didn't have to go that hard. Absolutely not. And it was such a good performance. It's, it yes, was the best the... performance of the night. I'm sorry. And spoiler the... right now. It was, mm-hmm. it doesn't get better was, than that. Like, I felt it, like yeah. teary after it. Like it was, yeah. there was something very. It was <laughs> emotional. Yeah. I think it will go down as 
easily one of the best Rock Hall performances. This is why they had to get him in. Yeah. Jesus, right? The the fact that it was just so unbelievable and the fact that it was so difficult to get him in, that it took six nominations and then a backdoor induction through a separate category, which they never acknowledged. Nope. Of course right. they didn't. He yeah. low-key acknowledges it. Yeah, he does in his speech, which, yeah. by the way, when he started giving a speech, I was like, oh, yeah, he didn't accept yet. <laughs> he went so hard and then had to give a speech, which, like, they almost never do. Maybe they'll do it if you're opening the ceremony with a set and then you give the speech, but almost always. This evening was not the standard uh, structure of a induction ceremony. Cause it's it used not to- like other inductions. <laughs> it really wasn't. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the fact that... It was the performance, and then, uh, like, I mean, he didn't seem exhausted, but, like, some energy had been spent. And then he gave his speech, but I don't think, I mean, I really don't think it... he took his sunglasses off? Yeah. A moving speech by LL Cool J. Flanked by his crew. Absolutely. Which was really cool. Mm -hmm. And gave them some time to talk to. Mm -hmm. You know, they were not being inducted. Cut creator and, like, Mm -hmm. some of his his DJs and stuff were there and got to speak on the mic a little bit, which is Well, and I love the guy who talked about how he was studying drums, right? Yeah. Then he started to DJ and was like, we are the drummers for hip hop. -hop. Let's give it up for DJs. And I was like, all right, let's give it up for DJs. They've ruined a lot, but they've also given us a lot. I feel Um, like the whole ceremony he had a whole and this is maybe teasing ahead but the marriage of hip hop and the beats in the way that that has played into like mm-hmm. the early influences this was very much it had a feeling of hip hop is here to stay in the hall like mm-hmm. you better get used to it mm-hmm. and you better understand why and how this happened yes. because mm-hmm. it's not going anywhere mm-hmm. yeah and so he acknowledges that he's mm-hmm. you know he's like rock and roll hip hop loves you we use your music we love it we, and we acknowledge it. And like, so they really felt like for anyone who's doubtful, the, here's an olive branch acknowledging that like hip hop and rock and roll are inextricably linked. And I get that. And almost like I see you. I mean, he's also one of those Dr. Dre type people more so than that, more so than Dre. Like he's more ubiquitous, more of an entertainer, more of America's sweetheart in mm-hmm, a way. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. like he knows how to deliver heartfelt. It felt like he was feeling the gravity of the moment during his speech. Like he really was touched. Mm -hmm. And I think Mm -hmm. he did cry. I know he was very sweaty, but I I think he also did cry. And it was beautiful. The whole LL induction from start to finish, there are two highlights for me in in the show, and this is the first one. It was so well done. Like his induction speech, his acceptance speech, and the performance. It's like 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. Yeah. 10's across the board, across the baby. Board. Yeah. I think one of the things that stood out in the speech was he was like, it took six or seven attempts to get mm-hmm. me in here. And he was just expressing gratitude that people really did think that he was worth fighting for to put in. Yes. Which is a counterpoint to other people who were inducted this year. <laughs> yeah, right. No, yes, that, that he acknowledged it kind of without acknowledging it. You know, he didn't, he didn't be like, they're putting me in through the side door. He was just like, I know people have asked me. You keep not getting in, but that's not what I'm thinking about. I'm thinking about the people who are voting for me. And I'm thinking about how the, you know, the hall and the voter, the voters who voted for him would not take no for an answer and yeah, felt like. That they kept putting me on that ballot. He had just the exact right attitude for the whole thing. It was great. Yeah. He does give a little shout out to Russell Simmons and says like, I know you're going, Russell you're going Simmons is going through a lot, but I do want to give him some love and a shout out. 
so, yeah. it, just the first of many problematic yeah, faves it, it, happening. Yeah, like, exactly. it's the thing. Because it's Russell Simmons was is Def Jam. Strictly, he's important. There have been allegations of assault, I, mm-hmm. I believe. And so that's a tricky fucking thing when, like, someone who you are without question indebted to for your career. As we move into a space where more people feel that they can come forward, I think a lot of things that would have just been swept under the rug and kept an open secret for the rest of all time are just, they're going to keep coming out and people that we love and are, are going to be our problematic faves for life, you yeah. know? Yeah, it's, yeah. We to see it happening. Degrees, yes. To varying degrees. Um, next up is, so they're, you know, they're kind of going on and off with remote induction, real induction. We get Tom Morello obviously inducting Randy Rhodes as the third musical excellence inductee that night, like basically they did Carol King and then they did all the musical excellence in a row, which you wouldn't know if you didn't know that is how LL is also being inducted. But Oh yeah, that is so funny. Yeah, you don't even like really think of it. But yeah, when Billy Preston LL Randy Rhodes. You know, Tom gives a personal speech. His son was named after Randy Rhodes, and it's, you know, one of the great guitar players. And we get a pretty good package. I think my favorite part of the package was Kirk Hammett from Metallica being like, Oh yeah, on one we I just ripped off Mm-hmm. Randy and just has the guitar with him and mm-hmm. shows it and they cut back and forth and it's like oh yeah yeah you sure did so we get Zach Wild the Ozzy's guitarist you know a few years after Randy had died and we get Steve Vai who's like one of those guys if you subscribe to Guitar World magazine like, <laughs> you were in middle Perennial school cover boy yeah absolutely and it was moving. Obviously, because of the circumstances with his premature death. Also, uh, you know, a moment for heavy metal. Would have been cool if there was a performance. At that point, it was pretty clear. We're not, not, we're not getting them. And you know what? I'm fine with that. I am. There, yeah. it, it, the ceremony was already five hours long, four hours long. It ended up being about four and a half. I think I wanted to hear Crazy Train. I mean, to hear Crazy Train live by like a... Oh, yeah. I mean, if but, there had just been uh, a quick, a bunch of guys shredding on <laughs> guitars, yeah, I would have been like, hell yeah. I wanted it to sound like the Rock Hall Museum. We went to the museum the, before the ceremony and just 15 people playing guitar simultaneously in a room. Yeah. <laughs> and then we went on to an induction that uh, came earlier than I thought it would. Yeah. Uh, Angela Bassett walking out to to induct Miss Tina Turner. And that's kind of how her whole speech was. Essentially doing a spoken word poem induction right. monologue <laughs> in character as Maya Angelou in a way. Like, it was a very bizarre delivery. It didn't feel authentic. It felt like acting in, in mm-hmm. a bad way. I just was like, I can't be moved by this because I am distracted by the amount of performing that you are doing. <laughs> yeah. And her eyes were kind of a little bit bloodshot. And my sister just turns to me and goes, maybe she's high. It was like a very strange delivery of this speech that I had very much been looking forward to. Yeah. As a Tina stan, I was like, wow, this is going to be a really great time of that. My expectations for the Tina induction were flipped so hard. The thing I enjoyed the most was the thing I thought I would enjoy the least. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. there, It was very shocking how I felt. I will say the acknowledgement of the second induction I appreciated. They didn't really do that with Carol. Mm -hmm. There was no acknowledgement that she was already in and then, you know, this was important because of the distinction of being by yourself, but Angela really hammered that point home. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, I think the content of the speech was good, although the gravitas was a lot. Yeah. (laughs) There was a lot of, like, black woman excellence Mm -hmm. and independence, 
which are yeah perfect points to to hit on that are, are great but yeah and really talking about opportunity and the amount of opportunity that Tina had to take for herself and that now others can have as a as a baseline to build from really was incorporated into the speech and then the package told the story i will say this in comparison to some of the other packages uh that are of artists that had documentaries recently Mm -hmm. this felt very different than the documentary Mm -hmm. yeah as we'll talk about later packages sometimes felt like the documentary like like a recut documentary (laughs) yeah quite literally Mm -hmm. but this had new interviews with pink which uh wearing in her mm -hmm. kitchen just yeah pink (laughs) in her kitchen wearing a a father guido sarducci hat uh (laughs) (laughs) and that wouldn't be the last time we would see pink either lizzo which was cool yeah that was a cool surprise i Mm -hmm. liked that a lot and i thought it was very cool that they got share that they talked Mm -hmm. to share especially because she talked about a personal thing of like inviting tina on her show post Ike before the comeback when Tina was kind of in a no man's land with Mm -hmm. her career. And And she has that great quote, Mm -hmm. which is the definition of insanity is getting on stage with Tina Turner. And I was like, because it was, it could have been such a stupid quote and instead it was just perfect. It was very good. Uh, I really liked seeing those years we don't talk about very often when she's in Tommy doing Gypsy and the Acid Queen, yeah. you mm-hmm. see the, the footage. That is, that's really cool. And she said that that was the turning point for her when she was like, oh, no, it's just me. They didn't hire Ike and I. It, mm-hmm. right. They just hired Tina. I'm like, whoa, Tommy was the turning point for <laughs> Tina Turner's career? It's very interesting. And that I really liked seeing when she's talking about her Vegas years and seeing the marquee and she's second build underneath comedian Buddy, Buddy Hackett. Hackett. <laughs> And we all, like, screamed when they showed. Because David Bowie plays uh, an important part mm. yes. in her career. Yes, that incredible career. picture of Such, them. Yes, of them, like dogs, uh, <laughs> lapping uh, out of a wine bottle or champagne, champagne bottle yeah. that's being poured. And they're just both, like, <laughs> basically Frenching each other while they are also uh, sucking on this oh bottle of God, champagne. Oh, my God, dream scenario to go back to one moment in time. Yeah, it was really great. Uh, they do a good job if anyone was, was doubting Tina's rock cred, which I don't know what sane person would. But Mick Jagger being like, you know, and it's, it's old, old footage, old interviews, but being like, oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm just, you know, I'm doing what, what she did. I'm just, I used to, like, study how she moved, and, like, that's now how I move. And, mm-hmm. yeah, there's a, there's a lot of good stuff. And then the David Bowie stuff that they've got. It's mm-hmm. great. Well, and, you know, if you watch this documentary, you know this. But, like, yeah, like, it was, Bowie is the reason that she had a comeback. He was signed to his record label, mm-hmm. and they were like, we'll take you to a show. And he's like, I want to see my favorite performer, Tina Turner. And they did. And then the, then the rest is history. I'm glad that they got. A Tina acceptance, even if it is remote, that mm-hmm. she got to accept it in Switzerland and just all smiles too. And <laughs> my sister this morning said Tina did one take. She said she said <laughs> yeah. I will not be doing a second. She said goodbye. Yeah. I will be going to another room in my mansion. Thank you. You <laughs> may leave. I think I would have loved to have seen Tina feel the yes. moment. But it, it was it was I feel great. like her life I feel like that documentary was that it was like her feeling this the reflection of her life and the legacy that she had had. And especially going to the musical. musical. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That mm-hmm. seemed like I mean that is going to be like her last public appearance. Like she, she Oprah walking her 
arm in arm mm-hmm. to the stage and yeah. Oh my god, mm. now I'm getting emotional. Like I just love her so much. I'm so happy that she is in yeah. solo. It's coming. like so meaningful for me. I'm welling up with tears. Just the thought of her getting this acknowledgement while she's still alive mm-hmm. without I like it just it's like a dream come true for me yeah. <laughs> because I didn't think that they would ever do it. Right. Speaking of things that you didn't think would happen. Oh, God. Uh, oh, my so God. So we knew Brian Adams wow. would be performing at the ceremony. And, and I obvi- really talked a lot of shit about it. And, I, it yes. became my new fun thing to hate. And obviously and they were going to play the It's Only Love, which was their duet song. Yep. And the song starts to get played. It's not Brian Adams. Brian Adams is nowhere to be found. Keith Urban is playing the guitar and singing the Brian Adams parts. Very well. Doing great. He's yeah. doing great. I don't know Keith Urban other than I know he's married to Nicole Kidman. Mm-hmm. And that's and literally. he's a country guy. And he's a country guy. And that's what I know about him. And I was like, hey, he's doing a good job. He's playing lead guitar. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then out walks to her. do the Tina parts. Her. Also with a guitar. Yeah. And it. It, it kind of rules. It ruled. Yeah. I mean, if you had asked me, would the Brian Adams Tina Turner duet, "It's Only Love," be my favorite part of the Tina Turner tribute, I would have said absolutely not. No, 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 no. But flip it and reverse it. Turns out I was wrong. It was so good. I was like, wait a minute. Okay, this song is the song is good. The song's pretty good. I was like, oh, <laughs> turns out the song is good. And her. It's very, very meaningful to watch a woman shred on a guitar. Mm-hmm. It's very meaningful. And she just tore it up. She sounded incredible. She was looking like a freaking prince incarnate, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. in a big purple. She's wearing thigh-high boots and then just like a long flowing purple tunic thing and these cool little tiny sunglasses. She's maybe the coolest person I've ever seen. I was like, yeah. exactly. I was. She was the coolest person at the hall ceremony. I was like, this is where it's going. Mm-hmm. She was melding everything And she just tore it up. And I wasn't expecting to love that part of the performance so much. And it just went like, and everyone was like, this is great. And there was the applause. Mm -hmm. And then we had to. This is the only time where they had to do a like 60 second turnaround, like Mm -hmm. literally set it. You could hear, you know, backstage being like, okay, reset. Because otherwise, especially with with the packages and stuff being so long, they had plenty of time to turn over the stage. But they needed a moment after It's Only Love to make the stage ready for Mickey Guyton, another, co- our second country, uh, our second country musician artist for the Tina, the Tina tribute, weirdly, tribute. to What's do uh, What's Love Got to Do With It. She did a nice job. It was good. Yeah. It felt like it was lacking. It needed some presentation to it. Yeah. Like she was doing some nods to the video and things like she did the walk out. Like she had like a ripped jean jacket too. Yeah. But it was almost like she wasn't sure that she could command the way that Tina could. Mm. It was like what we needed was a moment where she took us by the collar, much like yeah. she does to the boys in that video. <laughs> street <laughs> yeah. yeah, the street. We uh, at the museum, they were doing a screening 
specifically for the inductees where they had like little video snippets from the career and we were really having a fun time. It's like a watch- man, a shirtless man in a vest throwing dice on the street. <laughs> <laughs> you, yeah, because I, I guess that's that's the what's love got to do with the video, which yes. I have I guess I haven't seen because that was all new to me. Yeah, they're supposed to be street It's like a very homoerotic <laughs> dancer vibe thing happening, but they're meant to be like yeah. street toughs who, who she's intimidating back. Yeah. Pink vest, quaffed yeah. hair. Yeah. Absolutely. Ready Suspenders, her. no shirt, you know. <laughs> well, it, it's hard to articulate with the Mickey Guyton thing because it was like. I forgot about it. Yeah. I think it's yeah. also hard if everything comes to a screeching halt and then you're sent out to do a legendary song by yourself. Yes. And you're not and someone that people know. Yeah. Like, we did not know her mm-hmm. until the announcement. We had to familiarize ourselves with her. Mm-hmm. And she's she's having quite a year, and it's really cool. But she was given a lot, and I think she showed up, mm-hmm. and she did a great job, but it was just, it was lacking like some legend X status factor. requires something more than great, almost. I mean, we all saw it, and it's okay. I'm not angry about it. Yeah, no, not at all. It was a difficult Oh, and just task. really quickly, back to the lack of Brian Adams thing, we did later learn that he did not come to the show because he tested positive for COVID. That's and, what they're saying, yeah. And in a way, I feel... Like, I cursed him (laughs) at at the live show. I just, he became my new fun thing to hate. I Mm -hmm. don't hate Brian Adams, but I just didn't see his place in the Tina tribute, and I thought Mm -hmm. it was back-scratching favors with John Sykes, and I don't like that kind of stuff. And I'm sorry, I don't, I wish him a speedy recovery. It's, (laughs) it's, yeah, it's like a kid's movie where, like, the little kid wishes their parents weren't around anymore, and then they go away, and they're like, oh, what have I done? I home alone him, and I'm so... Sorry. You know, it wasn't that I wished for Keith Urban instead. Like, what happened? And then closing out the Tina Turner performance. In an absolutely mystifying outfit. Big Tina Turner t-shirt tucked into a corset. Over, like, jawed purse, like riding (laughs) Riding pants. pants. (laughs) So it's kind of like it's giving Ren Faire goth realness on the bottom, and then the top half was oversized Tina Turner t-shirt poking out of the corset. We've got a chain necklace. We have an aggressive amount of lip liner. We have kind of like a chola on top, goth Ren Faire on bottom. Proportions out of whack, very, very small, tight on the bottom, very big (laughs) and kind of wild on top, two meshing styles that don't taste great together. A weave, right? Like, oh, that uh, was yeah, like, that's a Christina. That's, you, that's, you a, staple. Get, that's a staple. That's Christina a staple. comes with the you, with the, you yeah. do not ever. I don't think that in public Christina Aguilera has ever been seen with only her natural hair. That's par for the course. Anyway, we don't need to dwell on her appearance. It just, it was a wild but look. It was, and it's hard not And to. it was noted. And she does a song I was not expecting, mm-hmm. River Deep Mountain High. One of my fa- favorite Tina performances, it, one of the most beautiful and affecting songs mm-hmm. in the world. I just think oh, that song is... it's one of the absolute is, greats. Mm-hmm. It's problematic, but the Phil Spector production on that song is like... It's like maybe, it's, maybe Phil Spector Best I really think so. Um, and at first I was like, hmm, not a Tina Turner solo song. But then I thought about it and I was like, it is, though. It is. And it's her perform. It's what her yeah. vocal interpretation of that song is the song. Yes. And also it's credited to Ike and Tina, but Ike is was not involved 
literally at all. Wasn't even in the studio. No, I don't think he was allowed to be in the studio. Mm -hmm. And so in a way, spiritually, it is kind of like the first Tina song. It's an important moment for her transformation into a solo artist because she did this powerful performance by herself. Obviously, the Phil Spector of it all is important to that song. The Spector of Spector. Yes. Lingers. But it's her without Ike. And she had had technically solo songs before then, but it's still like Ike was producing it. It was kind of just them trying something out. But this is like independence from Ike, step one. Yeah, I think there was... Definitely a moment of stamping that song as Tina's officially. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think that it has to do with the whole independence theme. And in the package, you had some shots of Tina sitting between Ike and Phil Spector, both kind of like hovering over her in a menacing way. Mm -hmm. And the performance really... (laughs) What do you know? Yeah. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And this Uh, is just like, guess what? And Christina had an incredible vocal performance. I turned to Joe during it. I was just like, this is just like an all-time best song. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a good vocal workout song, too. And she even does her little like... She does her run. Like with her finger going, (laughs) yeah, she really Lady Marmalades it uh, in there. She like Maya Rudolph's it. She does like (laughs) Maya Rudolph's impression of Christina Aguilera. I was not as into this performance as I thought I would have been. It felt very much like I was at a Christina Aguilera concert, not that I was watching a Tina tribute. It didn't feel like it was paying tribute to Tina's style at all. Mm -hmm, It felt very much like it was like, this is Christina making this song her own, and that's fine. I like Christina Aguilera. I think she has a great voice. I would never go to a Christina Aguilera concert, but I enjoyed her performance, but to me, it didn't give me that Tina chills that I was looking for. The way that watching the bright Adams duet actually affected me. I was like, oh, I'm seeing what's next. I'm seeing actually her influence in person. Like, I'm watching it happen. The Christina performance just didn't give that to me the way that I would have wanted. It was a great interpretation, but it was very much a Christina. You would have loved to have seen Lizzo. Having seen Lizzo in the package made me realize, oh, yeah, this is a direct air. Yes, I would have loved to have seen Lizzo. They could have gotten her ass to Cleveland. She's from Minneapolis. I'm like, Midwest. Let's go. So next up, we have Lionel Richie coming out to induct for the Amit Erdogan Non-Performer Award, Clarence Avant. And Lionel is such a charming guy. Again, Mm -hmm. we have all of these showmen who have grown in the public eye and Mm -hmm. who are just beloved by the general public. And when I say that, I also mean like crossed over to be, quote unquote, like acceptable to white audiences. Right. He's an American Idol judge. Exactly. Went from Commodore's. She's a brick house mm-hmm. to American Idol. He does a good job. You know, the thing he, he kind of hammers home is he got black people the money they were owed and they deserved. And he tees up the the package and the packages, the documentary condensed. Yes. Like they did, I don't think they shot anything new. Yeah. And they didn't they have didn't to. They didn't have to. That documentary. It would have been a waste of time. That documentary is incredible. This is my second moment of the night where I will never forget being here for this moment. I feel like, again, another thing that Lionel Richie has, that Dr. Dre has, that really worked was it felt like he was just hanging out talking about Clarence. Mm-hmm. And it felt like he was talking to Clarence. He's like, come on, man. 
this is the disconnect between the Angela Bassett induction and the Lionel Richie induction. It's that he's just sitting there talking about his friend Mm -hmm. and we feel like we're just getting to hear it. We felt so invited into this conversation because I don't think that the audience knew Clarence Avon in the crowd, but by the end of Lionel Richie's speech, you understood just how important he was. And then that package, which the documentary is just like an hour and a half long of like, this man is the reason for so much black culture and black art and black wealth in this country. Mm -hmm. And he Mm -hmm. is so incredibly selfless and crucial in his giving to the community. And like his purpose is to move black people forward. Like that is his purpose. He lives it every day. His daughter straight up states it. Mm -hmm. And he is so doesn't give a shit about anything else. And it shows like he isn't trying to get this award. So it's like we see the speech by Lionel Richie. Then we see this great package that basically tells us why he's so important. And then he gets on stage. And again, you've got this cute thing with Lionel Richie, who's just Mm -hmm. like his friend, who's like, come on, man, like, come over here. And I know Joe will want to talk about this, too. But Lionel Richie still has his little handheld microphone. And the last words that he says in the package are, oh, I wonder how I got involved in all this fucking bullshit. Yeah. (laughs) Like, that's like the last words that Clarence Avant says in the package. And Lionel Richie on stage goes, all right, let's give it up for Clarence Avon. The last thing he said to me before, he, before, as I was bringing him up to the stage was, oh, no, I didn't swear, did I? And then you hear Huge, huge pop. Huge yeah. pop. People were losing it. But he gets brought to the stage before he has even said one word. The whole like on it is a, a, a applause break. And one thing I noticed was that it's it was the people on the floor who in particular immediately were on their feet. And when I say people on the floor, I mean like people at the tables, the industry people, the people who know the music business, the artists being inducted and more, the suits, everyone who ha- is a little bit related to the music industry understood. And then the rest of the audience, because they'd seen the package, were also on their feet. And this was the first of two standing ovations for Clarence Avon. And Clarence, glasses off, handkerchief in hand, feeling the impact of the response. I started crying. I mean, it was, I'm going to cry again just thinking about it. That, to me, is the second of two incredibly meaningful moments in the ceremony. And just knowing that he didn't do it to get this. He was just Mm -hmm. like... No, and his explanation of how he (laughs) got there is so funny and, like, a little confusing. Yes, totally. Because he's just like... And Clarence does not give a shit. Like, Mm -mm. he is just basically... When he he tells a little story where he's like, you know, I got this call from this guy, Big John. He's not telling us who Big John is. He's not... He's literally talking just only to Big John and, like, uh to four people on the floor. That's like... So, Big John is John Platt, who recently... When John Sykes became the chairman of the board, one of the first things he did, which we applauded him for doing, is he added people of color and he added women to the board. Uh, And John Platt is one of those people. He's the chairman and CEO of Sony and ATV Music. And Clarence seems to 
acknowledge, <laughs> and the way he says it, it sounds like John Platt is like somebody's muscle. Like yeah, he, exactly. Like, it sounds like somebody came and like cracked knuckles in his face. Yeah. Mm. He, he even is saying like, I mean, I was like, I don't know. I don't even want to, like, what is this for? But I was like, Big John's telling me it's happening. You know, I don't want any trouble. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He really, and at the, at the last words he says are, so thank you, Big John, for intimidating me into coming here. <laughs> he says, now if you know me, this speech is going to be long. It's going to be about one minute total. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. He just, he's so beloved. I was like, never stop talking. I will listen to you. I'll try to follow whatever train of thought you're on. My guy, like, <laughs> let's go. Totally. I'm here for you, Clarence. Protect him at all costs. I really just felt so affectionate toward him. I mean, yeah. you know, he's been my big find of this ceremony season. He is the person who I said, you know, besides Beyonce, obviously, that if I saw him in town, I would be like... Hi. Starstruck. <laughs> like, like, hmm. I love you. Yeah. I think you're so important, and I really am so glad you're alive. He was, <laughs> like, and he was really so effortlessly funny. Hilarious. Like, Big John, I don't want to say he's like a hood, but... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Hysterical, yeah. He was so funny. So great. And then we get the Todd Rundgren oh, package, God. and the Todd Rundgren induction yeah. is treated like a side category, yep. as we assumed it would. Mm-hmm. You get Patti Smith doing the remote induction, and then you get the package. I mean, Patti Smith talked about like their personal history, which was you know kind of cool, and she calls him like... Peter Pan. <laughs> yeah. Rock and roll's Peter Pan. And then we get in the package, we see Questlove and Daryl Hall and Susanna Hoffs talking about the risks Todd took and that he didn't give a shit about anything. And while doing all that, still like being able to craft these like really beautiful pop ballads. And we get a little bit of, of his production career. There's a lot of time spent on meatloaf. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the, the way they talk about it, like, we were on top of the world, baby. Me and meat. Everybody wanted a slice of the meatloaf. Well, it's like, yeah, it's like no one would touch it and then it's what's for dinner or like whatever. I mean, it really, the package was the worst of them all. It just, to me, didn't tell a coherent story at all. It was very all over the place. It was maybe like too much to tell and maybe without his involvement or I don't know. We got a lot of fun looks though. He, there's one moment yeah. where he's wearing like these insane and rainbow he turned, pants. When he turns to the side yes. and you, you see and you, it's a really good reveal. Yeah. I like the one where he looks like both Wayne and Garth <laughs> <laughs> at the same time. I mean, he definitely seemed to be the strangest performer. And that's something considering Kraftwerk was also inducted yeah. this year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I definitely had this, like, this is a five year old. There's like an energy of like a five year old mm-hmm. boy kind of slamming blocks around that they is talk, just like. Yes. Yeah, that's what Pat and Patty Smith. Says yeah. like the rule in the studio was no adults allowed. A hilariously corny phrase, but it, you know <laughs> yeah. what I mean. Like yeah. it really yeah. is. Yes, it's it like is. Uh, for us, like our company ethos is no adults allowed. All right, yeah. you know, like that's it's, some it's, startup bullshit. Yeah, yeah, it's a very corny phrase. But if it's true, then yeah. I guess it's not corny. He's an audio production ninja. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think the one thing with the package, you do get a sense of that Todd was a was a weirdo. Yeah. And yeah. I like that. And seeing it, I remember watching and being like, it's cool that he's being inducted, given how strange and kind of not mainstream this guy was, uh-huh. that he was able to be inducted. And, you know, the package is over. And then they show a little snippet kind of explaining why he's not there. And it's from this commencement speech he gave at Berkeley Berkeley, where he says, you know, I've never been nominated for a Grammy, never been nominated for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And like the people there like cheer. And he goes, if nominated, I will not run. And if elected, I will not serve. 
and that says it all. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then we're done. And then Gary Clark Jr. comes out. Oh, for, gosh. For the for underwhelming the ch- performance of the night. And we don't get a package for Charlie Patton. Weird. Well, probably because there's only two photos oh, yeah. of Charlie Patton uh, in existence. <laughs> they could have got our guest. I'm like, he's an expert. That's true. <laughs> really I'm, taught us a lot. Rev Payton, mm-hmm. who we're referring to, would have been cool if he was involved. But Gary Clark Jr. was who we predicted and is who showed up. And he just gives barely a speech, a short little like, Charlie Patton was the father of the Delta Blues. And, you know, I, I think that is true. Okay, here is a song <laughs> called High Water Everywhere. It's just him and like an old guitar. Unplugged? The sound was so yeah, I lo-fi. Yeah, I mean, and that's, I mean, obviously that's what Charlie Patton was. The, his recordings are from Body. Program. I know, I know, I know. That has to make the I cut. I wonder. But I like, think it might just be a clip. Yeah, I wonder. I don't know. Just because I mean, it's, it's like, short, but it's not maybe short enough. Right, we'll see. You get through the Charlie Patton induction really quickly. And so that's our first early influence inductee. And then we get the next early influence inductee as we see Pharrell, the remote Pharrell, inducting Kraftwerk. One of the best packages of the night. All time. Incredible. Of all time. Yeah. It is really an effective case for why Kraftwerk. And also it's an effective case for putting them in as an early influence, Mm -hmm. dare I say. Mm -hmm. And so we get James Murphy from LCD Sound System really articulating very well. What I like about it is, you know, everybody thinks of Kraftwerk as beeps and boops. As, as robots, there's literally footage of them going, we are robots. <laughs> <laughs> but he points out, and this is very true, they're so melodious. Like their melodies are really, really good. Mm-hmm. And they are musicians who make great songs. In addition to like the insane technical innovations that they are responsible they for. They built those things? I think so, yeah. And one of the best things, I mean, like there's there's so much about this, but I really loved when they were like, Here's Kraftwerk. Okay, now here's the Human League. Now here's Orchestral Maneuvers mm-hmm, in the Dark. Mm-hmm. And here's all these 80s bands. Uh-huh. Gary, Gary Newman and like... Depeche Mode. Yeah, yeah, and they literally like snippets of their songs where it's like, oh yeah. And if that isn't enough, then you like transition to Daryl McDaniels being like, this song kept playing in the club. At the block party. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's and like it, people would gravitate <laughs> towards it like zombies. Like zombies because it was trans... Europe Express. Uh, and like it just took over and like everybody loved it. And you get a little Africa Bambata like talking about how he used that for Planet Rock. Mm-hmm. And then DMC, mm-hmm. and it's like one of my favorite parts so of any of the packages. He's explaining how they stole from Kraftwerk or like they just used that Kraftwerk structure of like. And they're doing it, and the package does a really good job of overlaying the song Mm -hmm. over it. Yeah, it was really great. And, you know, James Murphy has that great line in there where he says, you're indebted to craft work even if you do not know it. Like, yeah. every song that you've ever liked owns, owes something to craft work. It is such a bizarre disconnect between child and parent in the legacy yes. track. Mm-hmm. Between all of these people speaking about how important this band was, are these shots of them standing <laughs> rigid straight, facing in all different directions in red suits and, like, doll mannequin makeup? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And just kind of like Touching things. Turning left and right. And then you cut to run DMC. It's like, okay, Mm -hmm, wow. mm -hmm. Yeah. I really love it. I mean, they could have been there. They could have been at the ceremony, but they're like recluses and it's very hard to get a hold of them. It almost felt like they were dead. 
Yeah. Oh yeah. One, one of them, them was. was. Okay. I thought it was very sweet that like Pharrell had met Florian Schneider mm-hmm. and there's like a picture of yeah, it. Yeah. Of him Where bowing yeah. down yes. to yeah. Florian Schneider. Yeah, quite literally mm-hmm. with yeah. his hands bowing down. And I thought that was really sweet mm-hmm. because I know those guys are like recluses and it's hard to contact them. And there's like a story of they have one phone in the studio that they unplug and there's a very specific time during the day, once a day, where they plug in the phone and that's when you call Kraftwerk. And <laughs> These like, days? Still, they I think, meet in the studio and like I they're think, still making music. I was talking to Demoris Brown recently, who was on our show years ago to talk about Kraftwerk, one of his favorite bands, and he's like, they have an album that they finished that just hasn't been put out. The label is not putting it out, but they still make music. I mean, at this point, it's not the original guys; mm-hmm. it's just Ralph Hooter and some new guys, and they still tour sometimes. And I, I, you know what? Next time, Kraftwerk, I would go. I would go. Let's go to I a mean, Kraftwerk show together. That would be so fun. I think. One of the cool things about the Rock Hall, and you guys have talked about this on the podcast plenty of times, but that it is introducing people to music that they would have never sought out otherwise. Mm -hmm. Because I'm watching this, I'm like, oh, we wouldn't have any of Pharrell or any of the major hip-hop producers without Mm -hmm. Kraftwerk or Daft Punk. The whole EDM world wouldn't Mm -hmm. exist. Mm -hmm. And then also just like new wave pop exactly. 80s music like and everything. Like the very next thing that happened from them, the the new wave, is like also we wouldn't have synth. It's just what band from the 70s has that kind of reach? I mean, that's why they were... You don't they hear were, the Beatles influence maybe even at that level. Just with what's no. going on right, right now? now? No. no. Yeah. Mm-mm. You do not. It's Yeah, it's remarkable. You know who Same. else is remarkable? Drew Barrymore. <laughs> <laughs> Drew Barrymore taking the stage to induct the Go-Go's. My cousin Mickey texted me. He was like, is Drew Barrymore doing an impression of someone doing a Drew Barrymore impression? Yeah. yeah. She was, was She was lisping and excited, to say the least. And it was cute. The excitement did feel genuine. Mm-hmm. And like I think probably when she's getting excited, she's at her most Drew Barrymore. Mm-hmm. She's wearing a blazer with a Go-Go's t-shirt on it. And at one point, she takes off the blazer... It, it seems like just to show off the Go-Go's t-shirt, mm-hmm. but what she's really doing, and I liked it. It's I a loved bit, it. And it was good. Yeah. She takes out a towel, wraps it around her body, and then takes another towel, wraps it around her head, and then applies the face mask so that she looks like the Go-Go's did on the cover of their debut album, Beauty and the Beat. Commitment to the bit. Exactly. It was, like, silly. She, like, couldn't believe that she was the one who got picked to, like, talk about her favorite band. She was mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, I would love to talk about them. Thank you very much for this opportunity. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. so they mean a lot to me, and here's why, and blah, 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 and when I was a kid, and my kids, and oh, my God, and I yeah. can't believe it. It's really happening. The Go-Go's, they're here. They're about <laughs> to perform. Can you believe it? It, like, had that energy of someone who, like, couldn't believe their luck that they got mm-hmm. to talk about this thing that they like. And how great is it that there's a picture of her at like seven mm-hmm. meeting Belinda Carlisle? Oh, yeah. And she's dressed kind of like her. Yeah, yeah. she like her style inspiration yeah. as a tween was uh, was the Go-Go's. It was also so cute that she just understood how silly it was that she was about to do this bit, but she was going to do it. Mm-hmm. Like when she was trying to put the hair oh, towel like the towel on, fell off. it yeah. fell off. The, oh, she, and she had a great ad lib where she was yeah. like, this is why I like film. I like I, a take I like two. A sec- I like a take two. The theater was never for me. And she gets <laughs> yeah. her, and she says it seamlessly while she's retying the hair the towel yeah, to, on her head yeah to kill that time that we had to already wait for her to do that and then she has to do it again yeah, yeah it, it was, was off the cuff and, and well done she knew it was silly and dumb and she was like deal with it yeah. <laughs> it was great also wrapped up her speech I think in a, I think her speech was wrapped very up. good 
There you mm-hmm. go. I think because she began it talking about being a little girl in her room listening. To, her first album was mm-hmm. Beauty and the Beat. And then she's like, and now I'm living my childhood dream and I get to introduce my favorite band, yeah. the Go-Go's. And she's in the makeup. It's like so sweet. I really. It is. And then we get the package, mm-hmm. which is a lot of stuff from the doc. But there's, there is new stuff in here. Mm-hmm. Literally, I don't think there was anything new in the Clarence Avant package, but we do get Billy Joe Armstrong, new interviews. Oh, yeah. We get Sleater Kinney, mm-hmm. new interviews. I think a new interview from Martha Quinn. Uh, <laughs> and Susanna Hoffs again, yeah. who's in the Todd Rundgren package. And they tell the story, which if you've seen the doc, but like it is, it is cool to hear like Billy Joe has some really good lines about these were these punks who then wrote like some of the greatest songs of all time that people still listen to. It's like insane. There's yeah. some interesting match cuts with Billy Joe where it's like, oh, he is looking like Belinda Carlisle. Like, Almost like he's dressing up in cosplay of her. Because, you know, if you look at Belinda Carlisle now, she looks like Barbie. But obviously early Go-Go's and even like pre-Go-Go's Belinda, she is punk rock to her fucking bones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like short haircut that she did herself and like smeared makeup and just the safety pins on her shirt kind of shit. And, and the package kind of makes you realize how cool and important they are mm-hmm. and were. And I mean, you knew that from the doc. And, and also I do think think that there were a good amount of Go-Go's fans in the house. Yeah, you like, could tell that. Representing in the stadium that night were like the Swifties, the Go-Go heads, and, and then the obviously Foo the, Fighters, Foo, the Foo fans. Foo fans, yeah. Just felt like we hadn't had a performance in a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We had Gary Clark Jr., but, you know, we hadn't had like an inductee performance. And yeah. so the Go-Go's, by themselves, no guests, they play the songs we knew that we were mm-hmm. going to play. Vacation, Our Lips Are Sealed, and We've Got the Beat. And I will say, I thought Belinda looked very nervous in the beginning of, of Vacation. I felt like, mm-hmm. it just felt like a a bit of a shakier start, you know? Mm-hmm. Although she sounded great. But she sounded great. She sounded great. And the whole band sounded the great. The whole band yeah. sounded great. It was great. It, just seeing the later performance by the Foo Fighters, I wish that they had gotten more power behind the sound in the stadium because yeah. it felt a little light. It felt like they got the full wash lights, you know, they got yeah. the they didn't get, they, the, they full didn't get production. The, the production value on their performance. And they were kind of like all kind of talking to each other <laughs> And stuff like it didn't feel very, whoa, here we go. You know, like the LL performance, which had literally blown our faces off. Right, right, right. Yeah. This felt very old school rock hall. This felt very, you said it, Bill. Zombies. Yeah. Yeah. Like it felt like a reunion and not like a band that's touring, maybe not at the top of their game, but Mm -hmm. like is consistently doing the same thing and probably has a production team that is Mm -hmm. like, actually, we'll take over for this one. Mm -hmm. This was just like they handed it off. Like, what do you guys think? Yeah. Yeah. There was not like a full on light show or anything mm-hmm. like, but you know, you got pure go-go's. They had that cool image of them on the back yes. wall and kind of like the pink lights the pink going lights into affinity. The pink lights lasering out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, so yeah cool. Really cool. They had. They were the ones who had like the music, like the, an equalizer. Yeah, they had the first when it was yes. blue. Yeah, mm. they had the. They had cool yeah. colors behind them that yeah. were that were like going, going up to and down. The music. I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The production of the ceremony, I thought, did a good oh, job yeah, of like good. transforming the background mm-hmm. without having to, as far as I could tell, like wheel out a bunch of huge yeah, set pieces. Effortless as far as like showing and also the changing of pictures throughout the performances and stuff. I felt very pro. And then uh, the speeches. And it was really cute because mm-hmm. they all had 
papers in their hands. Uh, they were all opting to speak from their like index cards or their folded up yes. pieces of paper. Their speeches were, I felt like their cohort of speeches was one of the best of the night mm-hmm. as far as how they divided it and how, right. uh, and the order that they went in to start with Kathy Valentine. Her speech, I was just like, Kathy, she's an incredible speaker. There is something so likable about her as a human. Like, she feels like if Katie Seagal was like a... I was going to say, she's got like a Catherine Keener thing, mm-hmm, too. Very much that. Mm-hmm. Very She's that. got like a rock Keener. Yeah, like a cool rock lady. She promises mm-hmm. that the Go-Go's will advocate for more women in the hall. Yes. It's very meaningful. Her whole part of the speech was just, we are so lucky and we are so grateful, but we do not want to be in this position. We don't want to be some of the few women in the hall. And we are going to make it our business Mm -hmm. to see that more women get in. It's like we got to have one person every year say this because someone has to say it every year. And like Mm -hmm. she was great. And then, you know, we got our girl Gina. Gina Shock, who's one of my favorite people, just a full on Baltimore kook. (laughs) (laughs) He was awesome. And, you know, she was they all seemed really moved her. I think like her in particular. I don't know. I just I just could She's like, got off-the-cuff energy, yeah. and we love it. And she was swearing and apologizing, but then being like, Clarence slice because I swear, you know? So <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> Haley, you pointed out, it was like, they didn't repeat anybody they... Yes. Yeah, they mm-hmm. they sectioned it off really well. Like, they thanked all of their families. Like, one person, one person yeah. Did. Right, and then, you know... And it was like, one person took the crew, one person yeah. took the... Um, Allison their, Elwood. Their, their for, first manager. Yeah. Like, things... Oh God, Ginger, their first manager, yeah. got to thank you. I, Who I really... wasn't in the package, but if you've seen the documentary on Showtime, is like a major player and very instrumental to their instrumental success. Instrumental in the fact that they were able to do what they did. But yeah, it was just great to see them have their moment. Long time coming. And wow, Jane Weedland, what an icon. I just, she's <laughs> like truly the coolest person. It's like you bookend it with Kathy Valentine and Jane Weedland. Like if I could be both of them at the same time, <laughs> I would. Jane with, with blue hair. Blue hair. And she had this incredible gingham like, suit. Almost like cartoonishly Grace Jones shoulder yes. pads. Uh, <laughs> I think I had a, f- a sense with the whole Go-Go's set was like it felt really good to see a full band together Mm -hmm. feeling all of the impact of everything and also performing their songs themselves it felt like a truly complete kind of Mm-hmm. It brought together a lot of the best parts of why you want to see someone get inducted. Mm-hmm. And the songs are just great. Yeah. yeah. Perfect so set. Good. Yeah. And then we get our final side category induction with common inducting Gil Scott Heron. Mm-hmm. This is, again, all remote. Good package. You great know, package. And they I, incorporate... I how the kind of messages that Gil Scott Heron was putting out there are still relevant today. I loved putting Richard Branson going to space yes, while he's saying why he's doing Whitey on the Moon. It was incredible. Some of the most biting commentary happened in this package. And, I, yeah, and stuff yeah. that he would have wanted. You know, showing the Black Lives Matter yes. protests and like really, really contemporizing his influence, and I think also letting us know once. Again, they really were able to contextualize why this is an early influence. It, it, it This was so many of the early influence category things were actually moving into a new era of influences. When we say early influence, we're talking about the people who are influencing music today, not people who influenced music in the 60s. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, that's how we're moving forward, and that's good. We need to do that. Yeah. 
if we want to keep this institution relevant. But yeah, good package. And also, like, I think the thing Gil doesn't really get enough credit for is how, like, soulful he was, Mm -hmm. too. Because I think often he's thought of, and he was, a literal poet, you know, Mm -hmm. and The Revolution Will Not Be Televised is a poem, as is Whitey on the Moon. And, like, Mm -hmm. maybe there's, like, some bongos behind it or, you know, some light music. But, like, he was a really soulful singer in some of those songs, Mm -hmm. Home is Where the Hatred Is. Home is Where the Hatred Is and The Bottle. And, yeah, Johannesburg and... I'm I'm glad that those elements were present as, as well in his package. I agree. It was a really effective package. I really liked it. And then we get to the In Memoriam. Mm-hmm. And it begins with an extended tribute to very recently deceased Rolling Stones drummer Charlie Watts. And that was great because Charlie Watts is like a very interesting and like fun figure, like being this kind of quiet drummer for a band featuring Keith Richards and Mick Jagger, yeah. you know, and, but someone who has been there the entire time. The only other member who has been there with them from the beginning. And I'm glad there, there were moments to highlight that guy. But, you know, they give a, a little extended time to Mary. Wilson from the Supremes, mm-hmm. Dusty Hill from ZZ Top. Yes. Man, it really like hit me in the gut seeing the hip hop because uh, yeah. they, they kind of sectioned the in memoriam a little bit by genre and to see like that we lost Bismarck Key and MF yeah. Doom and Shock G and DMX. And it's mm-hmm. like, God damn it. Like, because those guys were not They were young. Old. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They were not old. Yeah. And then they give extended time to Don Everly, Mm -hmm. who was one of the last remaining inductees from the first year. Now it's just Jerry Lee Lewis. He's the only one who's still alive. But Don died this year. And then I was very pleasantly surprised that we got an Everly Brothers tribute, which was not a given at all. Mm -hmm. And that it was surprise performer Brandy Carlisle doing All I Have to Do is Dream, like a really beautiful rendition of it. (laughs) Harmonizing with the the weird bald twins (laughs) who have been with her, I think, her whole career. I only know about them because they were... They were were, mesmerizing on Saturday Night Live. Yeah, we had to know, like, what's going on with these twins. (laughs) Well, first we were like, they have to be twins, right? That they're not just me. they're yeah. not just yeah. both bald. And I'm like, well, they've got to be twins. <laughs> they are. <laughs> they are twins. They're twin brothers, and they are both bald. And they are Brandy Carlisle's mainstay backup musicians. I thought that Everly Brothers little like mini package at the end was an incredible reminder, or a learning experience for me about just how many songs oh, the Everly yeah. Brothers have, first of all. And they had that great moment where basically Paul is saying, oh yeah, the Beatles, the way that they that the Everly Brothers do their harmonies, we stole that. We literally just took it and that is yeah. where we got it from. They're really pivotal. And I think especially of the artists that were inducted that first year, they are the most unsung. Mm-hmm. I'm glad they got in that first year because they deserve it because of those types of things. They really laid the foundation for so many. Bridging folk and rock. And mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. There are songs that I have subsequently learned, like Love Hurts was an Everly Brothers song. When Will I Be Loved. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. I feel like of all the performances that we saw, that is the one that I'm probably going to come back to the most. Like seeing the LL Cool J one was just incredible and a lot of energy. Mm -hmm. But I could see myself being like, this is one of the tightest harmonies I think I've heard Mm -hmm. live. Mm -hmm. It's gorgeous. And it was gorgeous and low key. It was like an understated moment that was nice. We were all really engaged 
yeah. with mm-hmm. it. Well, it was like quiet. It caused you to lean in. And it's two instruments. It's mm-hmm. like, yeah, mm-hmm. there's not a full backing band. Yeah. It's, it's very spare and very effective. And then we go from spare and effective to literally Barack Obama. <laughs> I, <laughs> literally. I he wasn't, let's it. be clear, he wasn't there. But you get a video of Barack Obama essentially beginning the long induction of Jay-Z. Absolutely incredible. I <laughs> it came up a lot. There were doubts. Certainly doubts that he was going to be there in person, which he was not there in person. Yes. But he begins the induction of, of Jay-Z. He has a great line about how he and Jay-Z both have wives who are way more popular than they are. <laughs> and that got a big reaction in the room, which was really fun. Yeah, and talks about, you know, you know, getting dirt off your shoulder and like their connection. We go from that to the first Jay-Z package. Yeah. Of of, of two. <laughs> of two. Mm-hmm. We get a non-traditional package. It's almost like their acknowledgement of literally 100 people could have inducted Jay-Z. Mm-hmm. And so we get this montage of the most famous people alive. <laughs> I mean, truly. Looking into camera, doing Jay-Z lines. Mm-hmm. from a bunch of his songs. And I could not keep up with typing on my notes app who all was involved. Yeah, Here is a brief and incomplete list of everyone <laughs> who was involved. And some of these, a lot of them, we screened. <laughs> it begins For with, different reasons. It begins yeah. with Beyonce. I. A huge I, scream. I. Yeah. Diddy, Regina King, Lenny Kravitz, Rashida Jones, Kevin Hart, Halle Berry, Questlove, Lena Waithe, Aziz Ansari, Trevor Noah, Alicia Keys, Usher, Rihanna, Pharrell, Lupita Nyong'o, Samuel L. Jackson, Queen Latifah, Jamie Foxx, Ed Sheeran, Chris Rock, DJ Khaled, LeBron James, Tyler Perry, Journey Smollett, David Letterman, who gets a lot of great laughs, Chris Martin, Tracy Ellis Ross, Idris Elba, Lin-Manuel Miranda, John Legend, and it ends with Blue Ivy. The Blue Ivy ending is the cutest thing ever. Man, she has really... She's not a baby anymore. She's like a child. She's maybe 10 or something I think probably around there. Yeah, she's like a kid. She's like a tween. And so it's not like the awe factor. It's the fact that she's just like, and that's my dad kind of energy. And they they hold... giggles. Yeah. Yeah. It's very cute. Yeah, Yeah. they don't cut. They they let you see, like, just ever she doesn't, she she gives, like, a real big kid laugh. And it's very (laughs) sweet. It's really cute. It feels like she's a real kid. You know, that's why I liked it a lot as Um, an ending. And that is an incomplete list, to be clear. (laughs) There were people that I just, like, couldn't keep up. And maybe, like, a few people I didn't fully recognize. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was really, really cool. I think maybe his mom is in there, too. Um, I think she's towards the end. She says something. She does a line about family. Yes. And then out to do the real induction speech for Jay-Z, the more traditional (sighs) speech. Surprise inductor, problematic comedian Dave Chappelle. And yeah. uh, he really starts it off in the worst way possible. Yeah, he's yeah. like, he really I want to. Kicks it off. He says, I, I want to apologize. Nah, I'm just fucking with you. Yeah, it has gets a, a fake huge, scrap of paper. Gets a huge laugh. Gets the, a huge the laugh. The crowd is absolutely ecstatic to see him. They're shouting, We love you, Dave. It's just hard Ohio's because ex- it's hard because right now. Yes. You yeah. know, right yeah. now of right all now. the times, right now, when he's just doubling timing. down on bad opinions. <sighs> what makes it particularly difficult 
is that he gave a great speech. The ending of the speech is incredible. It's like a beautiful speech. It's like moving at times. He's like speaking from the heart. Mm-hmm. He is being funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like he He tells anecdotes, of course, like he's a master, you know, storyteller. Master and, yeah. storyteller, which is he a is. I mean, like, thing to say, but he's an incredible storyteller. He's comfortable on stage. He knows how to craft a narrative. And he tells great anecdotes about being friends with Jay-Z. And also he talks a lot about the black experience and how meaningful it is to see people on the come up, like to see black people succeed and do it for the culture. Like he really yeah. taps into that in a way that someone who has a, a, a same lived, a similar lived experience can. And it's very meaningful and affecting. And it's just hard because at the same time, he is negating the inclusion of part of the black community with yeah. His with his recent specials yeah. and transphobic comments yeah. and yeah, it's it's really difficult right at this moment to separate those things. Mm-hmm. And How it long is, before they put out the ceremony? I, I wonder about if about a month. Okay, yeah, that's not enough time. Yeah, it's not. It's things, not enough are, time. things will not have quote unquote blown over. I bet they will have died down a little bit. Obviously, yeah. I don't know. I just feel it's like it keeps getting keeps, stoked. He keeps coming back and doubling down and being like, "I'll listen, but I'm not sorry." Yeah. Like, yeah, I know. He does not know how to listen. He's a, he, he's a doubling like down. It's like people who said. are being affected by your words are saying, hey, this is actually harmful to us. Yeah. And he's like, no, it's not. It just yeah. is disappointing, I think, yeah. generally, because you see how, in some ways, great Dave Chappelle is. Yeah. And then it's like maybe some of that stubbornness has served him mm-hmm. in other places. But it's like, this is not the one. It's misapplied. You're just totally wrong here. We don't need to like yeah. keep talking about Dave Chappelle. Like we, yeah. we there's we there's listen, enough there, think pieces in the there world. There are many podcasts, I'm sure, that really go go deep into it. But you know, it's worth acknowledging, given the context and and the when and the where. And but he gives a good speech. He really does. And then we get a second Jay Z package, a more traditional package. Mm-hmm of footage and some great shit. Some it's, great stuff from when he was a kid. Oh my god, oh my stuff god. I had never seen when he's 19 and he's and got it, like a high top fade. And it is like, straight up the opposite of what happened with the Biggie package, where during the Biggie package, you see footage of him freestyling on the street at 15 years old and you're like, damn, a legend is born. Yeah, and then Jay-Z, it's like, he was trying some shit Whoa. early on that was not... Because we've talked about it before, I think Jay-Z's first album dropped when he was like maybe 26 or something. So it was like a good seven years before he really debuted mm-hmm. and he's like trying stuff and there's footage and he looks goofy. He is looking corny as hell. Very my name is Jay-Z get up here to say yeah. like it's got like not good vibes. <laughs> no, no, no. But you get some interviews from Missy Elliott and then the best is this stuff that Kendrick has to say. Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. It's almost like they kept, I don't think Kendrick is in the other package. He might be, but like his time to shine is really talking in this mm-hmm. his second one. Mm-hmm. I cannot wait for him to get in. I You're going to have to. <laughs> it's going to be going to be a while. I'm excited. I'm glad that he plays ball. I'm yeah. glad that he's around. I'm glad that they seem to acknowledge that this is the next. And also I would like for him to put out an album. Kendrick, if you're listening, please. Please. Yeah, uh, we've waited long enough, yeah. and worth mentioning. We went by so fast, but Snoop Dogg's talking about Jay Z. He's being oh. interviewed in front of yeah. what looks like an active crime scene. <laughs> um, there are cop cars with their lights going, and he's just like casually talking about Jay Z. And it's like, 
what is happening here. Yeah. I, I have to know. <laughs> Something I hope to talk to Joel Gallen. Uh, oh, find out where that footage is yeah, from. Hope yeah. that's something to put a pin in because I would like an answer. <laughs> yeah. The, the Jay-Z package is great because he is so important and impactful and beloved. And I don't remember anything from the package aside from, yeah, Kendrick talking, the cop lights, his corny little yeah. young person stuff. They acknowledge, and that was a big thing, watching the Fade to Black movie, how he learned to memorize his rhymes. Like, mm-hmm. he just writes them in his head mm-hmm. and he spits them with no paper in front of him and stuff. And they acknowledge that and they kind of talk about how and why and, like, him being on the corner literally just selling drugs and thinking of lyrics and just thinking of them in his head and remembering them. Yeah, and, and Chappelle has a great line about mm-hmm. that too. One take Hove because he was, you know, he was selling crack. You know, American Pie is not made with apples; apples. it's made with whatever you got. With whatever you can get your hands on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. it was a great line. <laughs> Jay Z is there, and also Jay Z is loving it. He is enjoying this. It is so m- clearly moving to him. He even says, like, y'all are going to make me cry in front of all these white people. He's, like, funny and human in a way that I don't think I've ever seen Jay-Z be before. See, he's so guarded. Usually you think of him as this kind of impenetrable force. I know that being a father (laughs) and all (laughs) that has cracked him open a bit, but he was taking his time in a beautiful way. I don't know. I I hate when people go on too long when they're self-indulgent, but I love Jay-Z, so it's like it's a different thing for me. And he gave a great speech and it was, you know, at a certain point, yeah, I turned to Joe and he was like, this I think is the most human I've ever seen him. It was really remarkable. He references LL a lot. And that was the, that was beautiful. Really, really sweet. His speech is a litany of all of those who came before him and what they specifically taught him. And that's again, like he's such a good lyricist. He is a really great at like piecing together a narrative. And Mm -hmm. he does that by paying homage to the forefathers. And it's very interesting because we're in Ohio it's a predominantly very white audience and he's dropping names and they're not getting the credit that he's he deserves. like, give it up for KRS one. He makes mm-hmm. the crowd give it up for KRS one. You know, he's referencing like the treacherous three and mm-hmm. the Kumo D and big daddy Kane. And yeah, he, big daddy Kane gets the, a lot of love. Yeah. He says he, cause like, he's like, big daddy Kane is like doing like splits and like hopping over his leg. Yeah. He's like, this is the blackest person I've ever seen. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's a really great speech that's funny and so... Feels spontaneous. Yes, it really does. We got a little worried because he was like kind of going album by album and like taking his time talking about like, first there was, I put out Reasonable Doubt and I didn't know anything yet, but blah, blah. And he's like also talking about how trash he was at first. And I'm like, beautiful. <laughs> yeah, that was good. Because it's correct. Mm-hmm. I We saw the footage. Yeah. <laughs> the receipts yeah. have been viewed. And then he's like, and then the second album, we were like, are we going to fucking do this for every yeah. album? Thankfully, yeah. we don't. Then he, he just skips he's like then a bunch of grammys and a bunch of great albums and then he talks about barack Mm -hmm. and he talks about how barack called him and at the election and was like you know it's the fourth quarter i'm michael jordan i need you to go to some places like pass me the ball and like we're gonna we're gonna do this i need you to go to miami i need you to go to atlanta i need you to go to pennsylvania i need you to go to ohio huge pop for ohio (laughs) yeah and jay's like wow hip-hop We've made it. We're part of the culture. This is huge. And also, I'm fucking Michael Jordan. You know what I mean? He's like, like, not really. I was like, no, are you serious? I'm fucking Michael Jordan. He made us acknowledge his sister's hat. (laughs) That was so cute. He was like clowning on his family in the middle of the the thing. Like, I really liked it. And he said he had to go to court. (laughs) 
No context. <laughs> no, yeah, it just said highs and lows. Highs and lows are happening. Yeah, he was like, it's good and bad. It's good and bad. Yeah. You know, on Monday, I do got to go quarter. But it's like, it's, it's, it's good and bad. And we're all just like, all right. I know. And at this point, I, at this point, was still hoping he would perform. I had yeah. a feeling yeah. he wouldn't, yeah. but I was still hoping. And so. And he kind of took his time to give a long speech instead mm-hmm. of performing, which is a bummer. You guys have pointed out, maybe there's a little bit of, I'm going to be compared to what LL did. And it's like he'd yeah. have to go bigger than LL, and the only way you could do that is literally to bring out Beyonce, and then you lose because Beyonce is there. Yeah, yeah. Like, I think that's yeah. why he didn't. Well, it was also about his career, but like that's why he didn't mention her in the in his speech. Yeah, because I think people would have started screaming like they thought she was going to come out. Yeah, yeah. I agree, I, and I would have been one of them. Yeah, unfortunately, we had no indication that Beyonce was there. Um, yeah, I don't know if she was in the building. Yeah, no, but I mean, I think people yeah. just would have no, like know, the mere. Yes. Men- Mention of her yeah, would make have people go crazy. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But just for the record, you know, I think they had said that Beyonce was going to be there. Did they? Yeah. Yeah. There was like Jay Z and Beyonce are coming to Cleveland, um, but she was definitely not sitting in. She was the, not in the, the house. Uh, she might have been backstage. There weren't reaction shots. No. That we there saw. were kind of generally not a lot of reaction shots that they showed mm-hmm. on the screen. I bet we will get a lot in the cut though, because mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. they tend to do that. Because it's it's also fun to know who's there. Like yeah. you find out later, you're like, oh, John Mulaney was at the 2019. Mm-hmm. Michael J. Fox was at like the 2017. I thought <laughs> I saw over LL's shoulder <laughs> Jeff Probst, <laughs> host of Survivor, but they didn't cut back to him. But I would just kept being like, who is that guy? And I thought it was old Probstein. So that that was it for the J section. And then we finally get to our headliners and we invite to the stage Sir Paul McCartney. And Paul is like, uh-oh. <laughs> I just saw a lot of great speeches. Yeah, he gives it up. He's like, what a night. This is crazy. <laughs> yeah, like, and he's like, so I maybe didn't do <laughs> as much <laughs> homework as some of the other, like. Yeah, he yeah. is, he's got He's got his card mm-hmm. that he's reading off. To, he refers to the teleprompter as the auto cue. The auto yeah. cue. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, this, and they asked me if, you know, if I wanted to do an auto cue, and I thought, you know, we'll do it fine, you know, just got my card and then see all these great speeches and I think maybe I should have gotten the other cue. <laughs> but like, I didn't and it is what it is. Yeah. He's out there cheeky as ever. He's <laughs> like full kind of like spaghetti body. He literally, yeah, the he, first thing he does when he comes out, he, air he, guitars. He, oh, is that what he did? <laughs> yeah, he like air guitars a little bit. Like, oh, check it out. Yeah. Uh, very silly. Oh and his speech is good in the sense that it's Paul, but he's also kind of... Just reciting. He's facts. basically he's he's yeah. telling us the story of his life and Dave Grohl's life side by side. Yeah, <laughs> which the comparison it's is cute. his speech is justifying why he's doing this. Yeah, speech. yeah, that's, yeah. that's he's like, what it that's seemed why I'm like. <laughs> but yeah, he's like, yeah. you know, the Beatles were no longer, and then I made an album where I played all the instruments, and then Nirvana was no longer, and Dave did the same thing. No acknowledgement that there's anybody else in the Foo Fighters. A lot of it is just like, you know, and I, I told them that, you know, you guys are in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. You're in the fucking Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah, he's just saying the things that are happening. <laughs> no yeah. lies were told. But at the same mm-hmm. time, could have been maybe a little more nuanced. Uh, nuanced. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then we get the package. We get Pink. We get Stuart Copeland. We get Haley Williams from Paramore, which was, was pretty cool. Yeah, that's cool. But mostly, the person who does the most heavy lifting lifting in the package is the person who clearly should have given the speech in my opinion you can't not have Paul McCartney do it if he's willing to do it Mm -hmm. I get that 
have him in the building. But Jack Black, they keep cutting back to Jack Black because he, he has <laughs> yeah. stuff to say about the band and mm-hmm. so much. And he's wearing swim trunks and like <laughs> a wolf t-shirt uh, and has his big gray pandemic beard. The and package is good. The package uh, is good and personally reminds me of a lot of Foo Fighter songs that I do like. I like a lot of Foo Fighter songs. Yeah. The ones that they play, <laughs> bottom of the list for me, but... Well, they in the package, they say that thing where they're like, everybody, this is the song. This is the one song that everybody freaks yeah. out. We play we all play, my life. Play. No matter how bad the show is going, if we play all my life, the crowd goes nuts. And that's why we do it every time we play. They literally go, we do it every time we play. We have to play all my life. <laughs> Gang, they don't play all my life. <laughs> it just does not happen. Which is literally my favorite Foo Fighters song. And you know what? People would have gone crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They, if they had ended on All My so Life. So weird. People would have lost it. It would have been awesome. Instead, how do they start? I another confession for me. I have mm-hmm. to say, the woman sitting next to me went, Woo, and started fanning herself immediately <laughs> when he did that. And I was like, all right, there's some Foo Fighter fans oh, yeah. out here who oh, needed yeah. that to be the starting point. Yeah. I was like, this is not for me. Mm-hmm. This is for her. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah, and they don't, like, stop. They mm-hmm. seamlessly transition from song to song. They go directly into My Hero. And I was like... They do stop in the middle of the song to, like, take a pause and then come back with it. <laughs> right. They mm-hmm. They make us sing... Parts of my hero. They really while do. Dave gets a new guitar, yes, um, in the right tuning, right <laughs> for Everlong, right yeah. because that's it. That has a special tuning on the guitar. But it is funny because they're like sing my hero, and we're like, there goes my hero. Watch him as he goes. There goes my hero. He's ordinary. The He's song is ordinary. called ordinary. Isn't the song called? This is called my hero. My hero. I bet it's parentheses ordinary. No, it's not. <laughs> I, yeah. I never. I, I think oh, I, knew I knew it was. at one point, but then I forgot mm-hmm. it because it's such a it's weird a line. It's a song for first responders. Yeah. It's a song for the essential workers. That should have been there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It almost felt like, and I think about how Dave Grohl is basically like a part of the rock hall, that they were like, time's a, a ticking, we got to get this tight, just can you make your performances really fast? And they, it was weird they didn't stop, didn't, didn't play like... But they had everything. It was the biggest yeah. production, yeah. Mm-hmm. lighting and stage-wise. It yes. was yeah, absolutely. Really, and the sound was very loud yes. and rocking, like it yeah. was fun. And also Taylor, smashing the drums, absolutely, mm-hmm. wow. In the package, I forget who it was, said he was in, from the John Bonham School of Drumming. Yeah. There's Stuart Copeland from the police. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. And then Jack Black is the, talks about how Taylor Hawkins, it's like, hey, imagine being the, the imagine being the drummer, the band with the greatest drummer of all time. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. And then they give their speeches as sweaty men who just performed like a, a rock. They also do a good job. They do a Go-Go style-ish Not thing. quite as good as mm-hmm. Go-Go's, but uh, yeah, they section their time out very well. Mm-hmm. Taylor Hawkins is chomping on gum in a way that I've I, like, I literally he's sweating and chomping on gum and I turned to Joe and I said is he on Molly? <laughs> What's but we going also, on here? We also get Chappelle running out on stage to to really get, get a photo opportunity of him hugging Dave, Dave Grohl that will haunt him for it's life. Like, you know, but yeah. <laughs> Taylor also the only person to call out specific yes. artists that he wants to be in, that he mm-hmm. thinks yeah. should be inducted and three good ones too mm-hmm. including one 
Uh, the first one he says, which is not listen, he says Jane's Addiction and he says Soundgarden, which makes sense for the Foo Fighters to say mm-hmm. same literal genre and era, but mm-hmm. came before them and like laid the groundwork for them. But the first name he says is George Michael, which Hell is like, yeah. yeah, okay, was not expecting that, and that's he's one of the biggest snubs, so that's great. Mostly what they do, even though they thank people, they keep thanking each other, which is very sweet. Yeah. Like every single one of them was like, I have to think of the band and Dave Grohl, uncharacteristically and in a self aware way is like, I just talk too much. Everyone knows that. He literally goes, my career for the last 25 years has been rock and roll, blah, 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 rock rock and roll. roll, I'm just like uh, talking about rock and roll. And I was like, yeah. Also, he when he comes out, he kind of does, I don't know how to describe it, like a little cherub, like, aw, shucks, who, me? Yeah, Yeah, and like throws his arms up. Yeah, Yeah, I've I've got a picture of that, him just kind of like shrugging his shoulders. And he does keep it short. Um, he thanks his fa- his real family and his you know band family. Band family. Yeah, they had, they had they were the ones that they had all of the they had a section. Yeah, they had a, like a big section of crew of, members at from, the table. Yeah, mm. yeah, and you could see he was feeling emotional as the other bandmates were speaking. Yeah, he was, he was yeah. like face red, eyes red, and then that's it for the speeches, and then they do the jam, and it's not really a jam. It is, of course. The song I've been predicting for months, Mm -hmm. which is Get Back. Thank you. No, please. You're too kind. Oh, you gosh. do not need to applaud. That's Bill applauding. I w- it's not <laughs> Let's me. Let's be clear. Let's identify the, the hand clapping. <laughs> but yeah, they do get back, but it's just the Foo Fighters and Paul. And they don't bring anyone else out. They also don't acknowledge Billy Preston. Yeah. Like, yeah. Just while like Rami Jaffe is doing the doing keyboard solo, like, yeah. oh, this is for Billy. Mm-hmm. Uh, the thing that struck me most about that is Paul McCartney can still wail. Yeah. He can really sing. I, yeah, still. He, like, really. Especially when really he gets well. up there and does like the yeah, high notes, the, like, like kinda, yeah. screamy, like well, the classic the Paul McCartney oh, screaming like high notes, little so Richard good. shit. He can still do. Sometimes when he's just doing like the verses, you can hear the age in his voice. Yeah. But that song's high. Yeah. Yeah. It's up there. I found out today mm. in Andy Green's Rolling Stone recap of the ceremony mm. that they had planned to do Tumbling Dice, <gasps> the Rolling Stone song. Oh, uh, wow. Uh, but for some reason they didn't. It was supposed to, and it was supposed to be a true jam with the Go Go's, with like everybody mm-hmm. who was around and wanted to do it. That would have been cool. I'm curious what happened. I wonder if they were yeah. if they were running late. But like in my estimation, it was a shorter ceremony than usual because it was four and a half hours versus five, which we were allotting for five. We were out of there by one, which I was expecting it to be done by one. So I don't know. So you're saying in addition or instead? I don't of know. I, so I don't have those details. I feel like Get Back seemed rehearsed and like they were yes, ready I think for they it. Knew. So I think that had been, that didn't Wait, feel Wait, so they were going to bring everyone out for Tumbling Dice? That's the. I would have loved that. Yeah. I guess it's a rumor, but. Well, and also that you can really get some great female harmonies going on that. Oh, and sure. Like, and like uh, Linda Ronstadt covered Tumbling Dice. So mm-hmm. like th- there's a template for the, the female voice if you want to go that that's route. That's what I and, mean. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what happened. That's one of the big bummers for me for the ceremony. I hate that. Like, there was no jam. I almost wish no I didn't jam. know yeah. that. Because that would have really been a great. It, it, the ending felt like. Like, we were waiting for the for the deleted scene or whatever. Yeah, but that's the uh, that's a 2021 rock hall induction ceremony. It was very good. You you only been to two. Yes, Billy, you've also only been to two. Haley, this is your first one. Welcome. Um, Sorry, but, but Kristen, I mean, you, you told me this was 
much preferred the way oh, they did it. Oh, yes. I liked this one so much better. It is also because I liked this year's inductees more than I like the 2019 great inductees. I felt drudgery <laughs> during 2019. And maybe, oh gosh, maybe I just like our podcast more now. <laughs> yeah, is that maybe. possible? I don't yeah. know. When we left that 2019 one, I was like, I mean, I guess I see why we're doing it, but okay, yeah. sure. And now I'm like, there were a lot of people that I really liked who got honored, and I was happy to see it. You know, leaving there, and kind of every Rock Hall class is like this. You're, my sister kept being like, what a wild group of people to all see in one night. Like, what a weird concert we just went mm-hmm. to, you know? And, and like the backstage pictures that are, are popping up are very funny. Like I Jay-Z with his arm around Carol King. Yeah. Carol King, Taylor Swift, Keith Urban, and Cole Kidman. That's a very funny picture love from backstage. <laughs> like, yeah. Absolutely love it. You know, and it's like, that is a cool thing that the Rock Hall brings together, but we're getting getting to a point where the Rock Hall is bringing together disparate parts of my musical taste mm-hmm. rather than mm-hmm. like my dad's generation's yeah. musical taste. And mm-hmm. that is probably why I enjoyed this one more because I liked everybody who got in. I was like, fun. This is going to yeah. be a good time. And then, you know, I have my special Clarence Avant feelings yeah. now. And am I going to go home and listen to a Kraftwerk album? Absolutely not. But will I go to a Kraftwerk show if they come back to LA? Yes. Yeah. I think compared to that other ceremony, I maybe appreciated then that you had bands performing their own music a bit more. You know, like there were a couple kind of similar feelings, like with Jay Z not performing was a letdown for me. Same feeling with like Janet Jackson. Janet, mm-hmm. Yeah, it was but like that had, year you had Janet and Radiohead, but you still had yeah, Roxy Music, The Zombie, like Steph Leppard, the, the Cure, Stevie Nicks, all yeah. playing their own shit. But I last like year, my two favorites that I would have wanted to see perform were Janet yeah. and Radiohead, and so yeah, I didn't get any true. performances from them. And like I liked everybody else's performances, but like going out on a Def Leppard concert is yeah, like right. not my ideal. Haley, what did you think? Final impressions. I had a great time. I really enjoyed it. Joe is yeah. pinching her so hard right now. <laughs> As someone who I do not know a lot about music, I feel very intimidated by just <laughs> all of it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I feel closer to all of you because of this. Uh. <laughs> My final thought is I think you could trim those mm-hmm. packages. We just watched a lot of TV yeah. at the ceremony, mm-hmm. and I think you could trim it. I think the packages would have more of a punch if they were a little tighter. Four to five minutes instead of eight. six to eight. Yeah, and, and if you had put like a little something at the at the end, just like a performance of yes. one, maybe one song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would right. Be cool. yeah. I think it'd be cool because I think the side categories get kind of short shrift because of that. Mm-hmm. And I would like to see the incorporation of the live element kind of come back. I think they're really high on last year's pandemic documentary special and the success of that. And they're still kind of finding the balance. And I could see how it would be harder, especially like since we're still in the pandemic, it would be harder to get people like in New York or L.A. It would be easier to just have people come in because mm-hmm. more people oh, live yeah. there. But it's right, harder right. to fly people and also it's, to Cleveland. It's still just kind of a question. People are still nervous to mm-hmm. travel at all. Mm-hmm. So that might still be part of it. It'll of like, be more accessible. Mm-hmm. More people will be more accessible, I think. Uh, speaking of New York, L.A., big news. Mm-hmm. We found out. I guess John Sykes said this backstage because, like, when the artists are inducted or people are, are done, they go backstage and they talk to the press. They're going to be on a rotation of Cleveland, New York, Los Angeles. 
which is really exciting that they're coming it's home. exciting for us. <laughs> In the late fall. Then, yeah, it's going to continue yeah. to be like, yeah. yeah, late fall, October, November kind of stuff. And that's really exciting. We might actually be able to go to induction ceremony and not have to get on a plane mm-hmm. <laughs> to go. I don't think they've announced uh, what the rotation is going to be exactly. But that's exciting that Los Angeles is going to be incorporated. What's your dream venue in L.A.? Oh, boy. Well, here's the my dream venue versus, like, what they're going to do. It's, like, going to be L.A. Live, right? Yeah. It's going to be downtown. Like, that's just where mm-hmm. it needs to be just to Or it'll be the, the, uh, the, the place. SoFi. I don't think that would work as SoFi as a, either a football stadium or it's the YouTube theater, which is too small. Oh. It's like 6,000 seats. Or I think it could be at the Highland Theater where they do the Oscars. Oh, on Hollywood and Highland. On I was thinking Hollywood Highland, Highland. I was thinking Highland yeah. Park. The Kodak? The Kodak. Yeah, the yeah. Kodak. I mean, that's like an insane venue, but. Yeah, Staples Center. Staples. Yeah, Staples and Alley Live are all like around mm-hmm. the same area. I don't know. It'll be cool. It'll be cool to see. We yeah. look forward to that. Next week we will what be... What freeways do you think we'll take to get there? <laughs> All right. Uh, next week we will be releasing the live show that we did a few days ago from the time of recording this. Where I may accidentally have cursed Brian Adams. Yeah. Please, I wish him health and, <laughs> and happiness, a <laughs> uh, quick and speedy recovery, all my love. Well, I hope this becomes a tradition Bill and Haley, that you are with us at the live induction ceremonies. It was a delight to have you both at the ceremony and recording the next day. Mm-hmm. And it's I will. Pleasure. Hey, pleasure's all ours. Truly. Um, and I want to give you guys the opportunity to plug anything you've got. Bill, uh, we'll start with you, even if it's just social media. Yeah. At Bill DePiro. Across all platforms, Hell including yeah. Pokemon Go. Oh, really? <laughs> wow, good for you. Yeah, incredible. <laughs> and then, Haley, you've t- when is Agnes coming out? Yeah, Agnes is coming out December 10th. This It'll is be a movie. You play the titular role. Yes, it's like I kind play of a horror. Agnes. Is that Agnes of Agnes? Yes, it, cer- wow. it, it sure is. Yeah, it comes out December 10th um, in, I think, very limited theaters and on demand. And I am on Instagram at Haley McFarland. Excellent. Yeah, and uh, Agnes is a fun little, kind of like a horror movie, but it's more than that. And it turns into something. It's like an artsy horror comedy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't it's know. Good. Spoiler. We yeah. like it, but you, I, it's worth a watch, everybody. Um, our listeners know they can follow us at Rock Hall Pod on Twitter and Instagram. RockHallPod at gmail.com is the email address. If you want Kristen to see your message, you need to designate that somewhere in your email. Otherwise, she doesn't want to see it. I'm not going to forward it. I would like to encourage you to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Rate and review us. Five stars only. Anything less would be rude. I want to thank Mike Lloyd for the logo. I want to thank Yusu Kim for the music. FutureRockLegends.com for being the ultimate website for any of your rock hall needs. I want to give another shout out to Golden Ox Studio here in Cleveland and, and Jeremy Demery for uh, hooking us up with this great space. And we really do appreciate that. If you're in Cleveland and you want to record a podcast or whatever, hit them up. Go to goldenoxstudio.com. And uh, finally, we want to thank Pantheon Podcasts for hosting us. I'm Joe Quazala. I'm Kristen Stutter. And who cares about the Rock Hall induction ceremony 2021? 2021. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 